For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. And pick up the phone for all of the business on 0818104106. So they do talk of the uh, the big freeze and many of the papers stay. Red Tops love that. They love talking about minuses and temperatures and frost and what have you. There's an interesting article. I'll come back to it in about 15, 20 minutes time. The AA's top tips for defrosting your car of a morning. And just two very quickly. Don't boil a kettle and pour it... <laughs> people do don't boil a kettle and pour it on the windscreen it'll end up like the map of Ireland totally cracked and another thing which I'm actually told is illegal going out starting up your car heating it up going back in having a cup of tea and coming out to a toasty warm car I know it's a beautiful thing but apparently it's illegal and you can get a fine of up to two grand so more on that and other tips like it in a few minutes time now, I will come back to the newspapers this morning in detail but there is one topic that makes all of them woman pulled from car which had fallen into the river. Story making this morning's sun. The Echo carries it on their front and inside page. Three people dive into the water to save the driver. Uh, this morning, the Irish Mirror carry photographs of the trawler and the trawler men and indeed the car being winched by a big crane out of the Lee at the port of Cork. Trawler men pull woman from the water and the examiner carried as well. Fishermen and port worker hailed as heroes after daring river rescue. But let us get the backstory to this, shall we? With one of those who actually went into the water. He's Farid Langans and I think he's about to take to sea and has postponed it long enough to have a chat with us this morning. So Farid, good morning. No, uh, I think that should be a WhatsApp call, but it's not there right now. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll plough on and see if I can get him. I'll just make a contact. It might be an issue with uh, uh, on board uh, the fishing vessel, but more on that in a minute. But anyway, the papers do talk of it in quite some detail. In fact, they got quite an amount of praise. I see Jerry Myers, the third officer with Cork City Fire Brigade, said that all three men were heroes. The response from these guys was immediate. They reacted with little regard for their own safety. Their bravery should be lauded because without them, the outcome would not have been positive. Um, I think I might have that WhatsApp connection out to Farid. Farid, good morning. Good morning. Not to worry. There you are now. Listen, everybody wants to say thank you, thank you, thank you to you and the others who dived in to save that woman's life. You're you're a Belgian fisherman, isn't that right? Yes, I, that's right. And were you uh, with a fellow yeah. crew member of yours, Kevin Roos, was it? You were on two different trawlers. What happened? Yeah, we were just uh, finished with unloading our catch, and uh, we we hear some people running on the quay. Let's say they're shouting something. At first, we didn't understand, but then they said, "There's a car in the water. There's a car in the water. Hook it, hook it." Uh, but uh, by the time we jumped on our ship back, because I was on the truck, uh, the car actually passed very fast. Uh, because of the currents, you know. So it was uh, so floating downriver, was it, and starting yes, to yes. sink? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was, it was still floating at that moment. Uh, but uh, because of the current, it passed so fast that we didn't have time enough to react. So we we run up the quay again to the ship just uh, who was uh, behind us. And uh, luckily, luckily, actually, the car uh, hit a little bit the front of the ship. Uh, because of that, it slowed down a little bit, so we had time to react. And uh, uh, we jumped on the other ship where, because there was nobody working there at that moment. And then uh, we grabbed a rope with a hook and uh, jumped in the water. We hooked the car so it couldn't float any further. How, how, how did you somebody, do that? So you jumped into the water with a hook and line, you and your pal, yes. uh, Kevin Roos. Um, but what did yeah, you... What, he, what, came what, later, 
uh, he came later, but at the moment uh, it was my crew members who jumped on that ship because there was nobody working there. But we, 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 I jumped in the water, I had the line, and uh, my crew members, they secured the line uh, on the ship, uh, so it couldn't float any further. And what did, you connect the, what did you connect the hook to? What part of the car? Uh, to, to, to the wheel, to the wheel, uh, connected with the wheel, because it was uh, the fastest way and the easiest way, actually. But you had At to get underwater. How did you see? You had to get underwater to do that, yeah? No, 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 no. Actually, uh, yeah, there was because it was a little bit. Uh, the the front was more deep, and uh, the back was actually a little bit. It was higher, so it was. It was. Uh, I could. I could see the wheel clearly. So that was good. Okay. Luckily. So- so there was also, I'm told, um, another chap by the name of William Ross from Bandon. Uh, he wasn't with the fisherman's crew, but he was an electrician you know, on the Weybridge. Did uh, he, he jump in as well? Uh, yeah, I know. I, the, we were uh, just, uh, we were with three people at that moment. I didn't even know uh, Kevin Rose, who was also from uh, from uh, Zebra, Belgian Fisher Troll, and the other person, like you say, I didn't know him. But I think it was a person who was shouting to hook. I have no idea because the moment I hear there's someone distressed, I was just focused on that. I was not looking at anything else. Uh, Just later on here, then his name. And now, uh, yeah, even after when we got out of the water, the first thing I did was uh, go back to the ship to take a shower because it was freezing. Freezing, yeah. Slight hypothermia, I think, when you were checked. Were you you checked by paramedics after all of that? Actually, I went fast back to the ship because I was still okay, but I needed to take a hot shower. That was the most important thing at that moment for now, me. Forgive me for asking you another question, but because I, I want to piece this together as best I can. William Ross from Bandon, as well as you, Farad, and Kevin Roos, uh, the, the, the two fishing fishermen, of course. Yes. I, I'm, I'm hearing that William Ross smashed the one of the yeah, windows of the, the car window. and managed to get the woman out. Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. He smashed the first time. He smashed the rear window. Uh, then I could call out to the woman and ask if she was okay and if there was somebody else. Then I asked her if it was possible for her to move. And then uh, he said, it's possible to, to move to the other side. Uh, yes, it's possible. So then there, I think it's that person also who smashed that window. And then we pulled her out together. At that moment, because uh, it was luckily she was not stuck uh, or she was not unconscious. But I don't know who, who was uh, the. I just knew who was helping at that moment. Later on, I didn't know them at that moment. Actually, My God, she, just, uh, she must have been uh, in a state of shock and. She was. She was in shock, but she was still. She was still uh, complying. Uh, she was. She was in shock either way. But she yeah. was. Uh, when we asked, uh, she, she did everything. She was. Uh, I think she was so much in shock. That she couldn't panic anymore. Yes, I see the papers this morning. Then have photographs of the the red car literally being lifted out of the water by by crane. Um, at that stage, yeah. fire brigade arrived, ambulance arrived, members of the Crosshaven Coast Guard unit were there. The guardie, everybody rushed to the scene. Do you do, do you just do you just instinctively react to something like this? Do you? You don't stop and think. Yeah, in that moment we didn't have time because we also know how fast the, the, the car passed our ship. So we had to react fast because there was no other ship behind us. And yeah. then, uh, actually, I- uh, as long as you, you can do it safely, uh, we, we, had, we had something to get on our ship. We didn't have something at hand directly. So uh, we were searching for something, but the car passed already. 
And over there, there was luckily a line with a hook already Absolutely. hanging there. Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god! We had to oh access. Oh my god! I think I think that key that key needs to be needs to be some form of barricade put up on it. Um, it do you you know do you use it often? Is, would that be a typical quayside and the ports that you tie up at where it's exposed and open? I have no idea actually how she got into the water, so I, I cannot uh, I cannot talk about that. I only know uh, how we got her out, yeah. and uh, yeah. actually, I still don't know how she got into the water. So yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's enough because you know, when we could take a wrong turn or anything before you know it, you're you're in the water. Are you are you heading Are you heading to sea now? Are you going back out now yes, this morning? Yes, yes, yes. We already left the quay. We're on our way out back to sea to work. Oh my! It's gonna uh, be it's gonna be cold work, isn't it? Yeah, but now it's uh, actually this morning when I came outside, uh, it, it was quite cold actually. Yes. It's colder than yesterday. Luckily, it's not today that we have to jump in. Tough job, uh, Yesterday, man. I was already freezing. No, it's a, it's a, it's a tough job, but it's fair. It's better. Uh, it's, it's okay. okay. It's a different life. Eh? Have you warmed up yet? Did you get the cold out of your bones yet? Yeah, it took me a long time. Yeah, it took, it took a long time, though. I didn't, uh, didn't uh, actually realize it. Uh, even a few hours after the thing, it was still, still sometimes felt chill, chilly in my bones, you know. The Did cold you? always comes after did you think about maybe a hot whiskey or something like that last night to warm no, yourself? No, but uh, I did have a few drinks. I did have a few drinks. Uh, that uh, that was uh, it was necessary. I think you deserved it. I think you deserved that anyway. Well, I think you deserved an extra one good. last night. You and your colleague, and indeed um, William Ross. Just before you go, because I know you're busy there with ropes and nets and getting out to sea, and Victor, Sh- Victor Shine is the second officer of Cork City Fire Service, and I know that he just wants to, you know, publicly on behalf of us all, thank you, uh, thank all three of you, and he joins me just uh, just quickly before you go by phone. Victor, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm just chatting with Farood Langans, uh, he and, Kev- as you well know, Kevin Roos, uh, and the Corkman William Ross. Um, so I imagine that you guys would like to commend them as heroes, right? Absolutely. It was uh, an act of bravery, heroism to the highest level, um, saving somebody's life as they did, and participating in the recovery of the vehicle from the uh, river as well. You know, the whole crew of both trawlers and the, uh, the electrician that was involved, there were absolutely superb in what they've done and they should be very proud of themselves. Okay, okay. I can so say all of us. Farid, uh, congratulations on a job well done yesterday to you and indeed to um, Kevin Roos. Um, have a good trip. Uh, may you catch many fish and stay safe. Thank you so much. Thank you and goodbye. Mind yeah. yourself, mind Good yourself. You, you, don't, yeah. you don't have any comment with regards to the uh, fact that those keys are still reasonably exposed if somebody took a wrong turn, do you, Victor? Um, I'm just curious as to whether anything can be done to make them safer. Do you have an opinion on that? No, the keys are obviously a commercial key. Um, commercial shipping is coming in, as you know, trawlers and ships unloading and so on. There is a barrier along the edge of the water there to prevent cars rolling into into the river and so on, you know. So there is an edge protector along that key. Um, I'm involved in a working group there where we're putting up additional signage and so on, you know. But um, it's difficult for the port and you have keys and you have exposed river edges everywhere. It's just for people to be wary of um, when they're operating. Even during the summer there we saw people swimming and you know at the edge of these commercial keys which is not an appropriate area so exposed keys rivers waters lakes and so on they all carry their own risks and you have to be just wary of 
your own safety. But in spite of those barriers that you're talking about, it seems to be still possible for a car to go go through them. Is that the case? That's correct, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And with regards to the the, the woman who was taken from the water, how, how is she? Do we know? Was she taken to CUH? Uh, she was taken to the Mercy Hospital by ambulance crew. She was treated at scene by a, a doctor on scene, as were the crew assessed as well, and um, taken for uh, kind of just welfare uh, checks and so on to the Mercy Hospital, okay. and she's doing well there. Okay, you, you, you know that water all too well. You're on the water a lot yourself. If it hadn't been for the intervention of uh, the two fishermen and William Ross, we could well have a completely different conversation this morning, a tragedy on Leaside, right? <laughs> It was exceptionally close. The car was actually going, was submerging at the time and they basically just got a grip on the casualty in the vehicle. And as it was going down, a life jacket inflated and assisted the rescuer and the casualty out of the vehicle. So it was very close. It was a very brave thing they done. And in fairness, it was very successful, a good outcome. Okay, okay. Um, Thank you for that. I'm quite sure that your thanks uh, and your, you know, uh, best wishes also extend to William Ross from Bandon because he joins me by phone. Thank you so much, Victor, uh, second officer with Cork City Fire Brigade. William, good morning. Good morning. Um, well done, man. What, what what do you recall? Relive the moment for us. You you were the first per- you were the first to jump, I believe. Is that right? No, no, no. I wasn't. No, first was first in. First, no. So I got an email in on uh, from a pal of yours. But you, so you tell me exactly what happened. Well, I was just walking the Weir Ridge, finishing up, and <clears throat> I just saw a bit of commotion, and I said, "What's going on?" You know, and. I just gave a walk over and I saw the car floating down the river and then I kind of saw Fareed, is it? Yeah, He Fareed. was running for the, yeah, towards, uh, so I kind of went with him and in fairness, he jumped in straight away, no hesitation, and he got a rope to the car and he, we were able to pull it to the side of the trawler and somebody had a hammer and I just leaned over the side and somebody grabbed me by the legs and I just broke the back window and she couldn't come out that way so I got onto the roof in and I just broke the side window and we got her out that way and basically the car just went down then straight away God it's not an easy thing to do under those circumstances to assist somebody out a door window yeah you know you don't really think of these things when you're in the moment <laughs> you know I yeah. think anyone would have done the same you didn't think for a moment that you might get caught or trapped yourself in I don't know like a seat belt or anything like that or get wedged well, as I, the car went down no no actually there was enough people around if I was you know that was a kind of in the back of my mind so wow so, so it's, it's without it's without hesitation you just ought, go into autopilot I suppose I think you do yes Yes, I suppose if you're able to help and you can't help, well, I suppose that's the way I was brought up, that's all. So, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So um, you, 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 didn't, you didn't hang around. I mean, you were soaking with the, with, the, with the water and you were frozen with the cold. What did you do next? I went back to Weybridge and disrobed uh, and had a cup of coffee. And <laughs> what, do you keep a change of clothes in there or something or what? <laughs> no, I basically had a jacket with a pair of willies and uh, the, the fire brigade gave me a blanket, so... <laughs> I hear, you, I hear uh, you're minus a, I hear you're minus a phone, are you? Did, the phone get, uh, did your phone get trashed? It did, it is. But so look, that's only a small thing in the greater scheme of things. Ah. 
It is all very well to you have to buy a new iPhone 15 and it puts you back 1,200 euro. Uh, it wasn't one of those. But <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't afford one of those. All right, well, you never know. Santa Claus might bring you a new phone. He might. He <laughs> might, Jim. He might never know. Well, I, can, I can live in hope. Well, the greatest gift of all you gave, and that is the saving of a life. So well done. Not at all. Well, I, you know, I think anyone would have done the same in the same in that situation well you so. did and Farid did and Kevin does Farid next time you're back in Cork maybe you should hook up with William and have a pint I think so I would love that <laughs> head down head down to Goldberg's or the Idle Hour or wherever you like your tipples that's it that's it <laughs> we'll have a pint alright well done guys lovely chatting <laughs> with you all this morning take Likewise. care William take care Farid Cheers. Give our best to Kevin as well. Take care, everybody. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Back with some other stories after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. Yes, indeed. Text 0868104106. Two different stories. Uh, Actually, this was just happening. I saw Paul Byrne uh, tweeting and sharing it on social media lunchtime yesterday, the uh, issue regarding the car and the water. just we were coming off air yesterday. Um, I also saw him talking about. Um, I think this is is probably. I believe it to be feud related. The um, the uh, petrol bomb that was allegedly thrown at a house uh, last evening. Uh, a number of children had to uh, escape from the house without injury. Hillview Drive, Onslow Gardens uh, last night. The exact number of people. I'm reading the newsroom's copy on this one this morning. The exact number of people. We're at the property at the time is known. No injuries reported. Guards said, uh, the, the Irish examiner quoted saying, the guards said the Guardian Emergency Services attended the scene of an incident of criminal damage uh, by a fire at a residential premises in Onslow Garden. No injuries reported. There was no other information available. We live in very, very, very dangerous times. We really do. Just on the point there, uh, interesting text there. Why don't the people have a GoFundMe for a new phone for the Vanden lad? Uh, he's a hero after all. A new phone is a small ask. It would be a nice gesture, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, mean, I know that he doesn't want anything like that and he was happy to jump in the tide and what have you uh, and uh, come to the rescue uh, of, um, you know, uh, a woman who was clearly in trouble in the water. But I think it would be a lovely thing to do. Imagine if we... Why don't we just, why don't we just do that? Just let's set up a GoFundMe. We can cap it at €1,000 um, and then soon as we get to a thousand euro we can shut it down and then William Ross and Bandon can go and get himself a new mobile phone and I'm quite sure he'd get a fairly hunky-dory phone for a grand he doesn't want it not looking for charity but I think it would be a nice thing I mean there's a couple of GoFundMe's going on in Dublin at the moment you see the one that's going on for uh, for Caio Caio the uh, Brazilian delivery driver a fellow the other day just after the stabbings in Dublin set up a, a GoFundMe and it's called Buy Caio a Pint uh, and it's gone to hundreds of thousands of euro. Anyway, people on Lee side are very, very generous. Bear in mind uh, that three individuals, Farid, uh, Kevin Roos, and uh, another and another third person, William Ross from Bandon, just spoke to him, uh, jumped in, um, you know, just instinctively jumped in and saved the woman's life. And in the process, uh, poor old William Ross's phone, his mobile phone, got destroyed uh, by water damage. So let's do that. Um, I don't know what we're going to call it just yet, but uh, we'll come up with the title, get it sorted, put it up on GoFundMe, and if you'd like to give a couple of bob between now and midday, I think that would be a lovely thing. You know, euro, two euro, fiver, tenner, whatever you have in yourself. Uh, I'll throw 50 euro in straight away, get me sorted on that one, and we'll see how we can get a, a thousand euro between now and midday to replace William Ross's mobile phone.
Although some days I believe it would be lovely to have a, bro- a nice break from mobile phone technology, but that's maybe for another day. So as soon as we get a title for that, we're working on it at the moment, I'll tell you what the GoFundMe is. I think it will be a lovely gesture because they're all three heroes. And next time the two lads are back in from sea, we'll organise a few pints for them. Uh, send them to, I don't know, there's a lot of lovely pubs down around there. Tequila Jacks is one of them. Uh, the Idle Hour is another. Uh, Goldberg's is another one again quite sure I'm forgetting another few of them. Other stories making the papers though include unfortunately all sorts of stuff regarding our courts. Um, This story in the Echo this morning talks of, there's three in the one page of the Echo actually. Property in Buttevant burglared by by a 28 year old man out of his mind on cocaine with a knife up his sleeve. Next to it is the story of a guy jailed for three and a half years after a very vulnerable man was robbed of his belongings in Cork City Centre as he sat wait for it, as he sat in his wheelchair. That's a particularly despicable type of crime. And another one then, um, how many times has the Unity Shop on Lower Glanmire Road been burgled? I've seen some videos of the Unity Shop down through the years. One of them, a couple of years back, was particularly horrific and nasty, where the staff member was beaten very, very badly. Um, yet again, somebody's gone in there uh, wearing a balaclava, carrying a large kitchen knife, um, accused of robbing €250 Euro in cash um, on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, I think that somebody was arrested and uh, and uh, questioned with regards to that. He grabbed the notes, uh, took the change, all sorts of things, balaclava on, shouting and roaring at the staff member. Um, it's another story, really, when you look at the vulnerability of staff, because this morning there's a story breaking out of Dublin of a spa shop on Abbey Street, um, in the in the height of the looting and the rioting and the d- criminal damage that was done in, in Dublin, uh, apparently a spa shop and the staff in it had to lock themselves into the basement downstairs because up above you had thugs and criminals and looters wrecking the joint. They were very much interested apparently in alcohol, cigarettes, tobacco and vapes. But just for the heck of it, they trashed the spa shop as well and they smashed up among other things, a €15,000 coffee machine. Uh, So there you have it. Actually, there's a couple of very interesting um, uh, columns making the papers today uh, of uh, some columnists who are getting stuck into what went on in Dublin on Thursday night. Amongst them is Jumbo Kearns in this morning's Irish Mirror. Uh, It's a lengthy column. He says, we need to reclaim the streets. And he says one of the ways to do that is that the cops should have beaten the living daylights out of every rioter they could get their hands on last week. They did it to the England football hooligans in Dublin in 1995 and they should do it to all the Irish hooligans from here on in. He says the police in New York or Malaga or Paris have zero tolerance approach to street violence and we as a nation should adopt the same policy. He says in his column in the mirror, I tell you, you wouldn't, not for one second, mess with the cops in Spain. They take no prisoners. He says people might think twice about giving lip to a Garda if, he, if she or he, or he had a gun in their hand. Giving them a baton and pepper spray is no longer enough, he says. I firmly believe the time has come to arm the Garda. So what do you think of that? Text 0868104106. Meanwhile, over in the mail this morning, Brenda Power, a hard-hitting columnist week in, week out, says, what if a Garda motorcyclist, like, you talk about what Caio Benicia did, Benicio, this is the uh, delivery driver who, who stopped the stabbing. Um, he got off his bike, removed his helmet and used it as a weapon. 
to hit the knife man on the head with his helmet. What if a guard, a motorcyclist, had done the very same thing as Kayo? Uh, what would that officer, would he have been hailed a hero? Or would he have been, or she, prosecuted for assault? You could hardly blame a Garda finding himself in that situation for fear that his actions might later be judged excessive uh, and that he might lose his job. Or worse, after all, bear in mind what happened to the Garda who pursued a violent burglary gang when they drove the wrong way along the N7, not too far from us up in Mitchellstown. The thugs had 200 convictions between them and were known for being particularly aggressive. Um, and uh, this is what happened to the guard. This is what happened. Uh, he ended up facing charges for dangerous driving. She also goes on then in the mail to say, with regards to civil liberties, there was about 50 million euro worth of havoc caused in the capital city and the reputation of the country was tar- tarnished around the world. And she says, thanks to the utterly ludicrous Irish Council for Civil Liberties, the essential innovation, technology, um, cameras, um, identification recognition cameras um, available to the police forces around the world it's been blocked in Ireland because of the concerns about the criminals privacy and their fundamental rights suggesting that criminals really should have no privacy and limited fundamental rights I suppose but while all that is happening of course the word has gone out right across the world that Ireland is a dangerous place because the mail this morning on its front page says that countries like Australia the United States of America UK and Canada have all been warned by their embassies and governments that um, there was riots and visitors to Dublin have been put on alert because of the riots and the violence. So this is certainly going this has tarnished our image overseas for sure it has and potentially now will hurt tourism of that you can be sure because you had images of buses on fire, Lewis in flames, thugs attacking unarmed Gardaí, shops being looted. These videos and images were shown on news channels and social media all over the world. And among other people now, Conor McGregor is being investigated uh, for possible hate speech. It's the front page of the Star and the inside pages as well. Um, he apparently uh, tweeted, Ireland, we are at war. And then if you look at the inside pages of what he said, um, they are thinking that this actually could be uh, a prosecutable offence under incitement to hatred because of the post. He said a lot more than that. I think he said, you reap what you sow. Uh, and then there's a lot then with regards to the papers this morning on the Garda reaction, um, with regards to the reaction time and getting um, boots on the ground in Dublin City on time. Uh, other than that, lads, uh, I'm, I'm slightly confused about one final story. It has to do with Free Now. It's an extra levy, apparently. Uh, I'd love to hear from a taxi driver on this one. It's making the sun today where taxi drivers are ditching the Free Now app because Free Now is charging passengers a thing called a technology fee of up to five euro for every journey. That is absolutely insane. So it would be a fiver for every single journey, including the fare that's on the meter when you sit in. Is that right? I mean, that makes no sense. That could be eight or nine euro before the car or the taxi pulls off at all. Somebody in the taxi industry listening to me right now, could you please explain that? Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. 
text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. Okay, I got a response from City Council yesterday regarding the buried horse or pony, the dead horse that was allegedly buried uh, in St. Sennan's Cemetery, right? Um, we did this yesterday morning on the air. And we contacted uh, Council and said we've been contacted, but listeners witnessed the burial of a dead horse in consecrated ground on Monday the 20th of November. Uh, people saw it while visiting dead relatives at the graveyard, St. Sennan's graveyard in Tower. So what was all that about, that a horse would be buried, knocked down apparently on the road and then buried by staff within the confines of the graveyard? So um, I don't know uh, with regards to the exact dates, but Cork City Council say the Thursday of last week, the 23rd, Cork City Council were notified of the dead horse on the road. They say that it was adjacent to St. Sennan's Cemetery. Now, people would dispute that it was adjacent to the cemetery. They said the horse died and was killed a fair distance away. But anyway, uh, City Council said the horse was causing an immediate health and safety issue and was a danger to motorists. Cork City Council's contractor was contacted to remove the horse but was not in a position to attend on-site until the afternoon of the 23rd last Thursday. So on health and safety grounds, a decision was made to temporarily store the dead horse in the maintenance storage area in the cemetery. In addition, the horse was covered over using waste material in the yard as we did not want the dead animal visible from the cemetery. Uh, No horse was buried in the cemetery. A dead animal was temporarily stored in a storage area in the cemetery on health and safety grounds. The horse was removed from the site the same day, the afternoon, once the contractor attended the site. The animal was removed from the site by our contractor and properly disposed of. I don't know how the ultimate, uh, how the dead horse was ultimately disposed of. They don't say. But they say Cork City Council would like to sincerely apologise to any hurt or distress caused by this incident. We were faced with an urgent health and safety matter and dealt with it given the constraints that we faced at the time. They are saying, and um, if anybody is aware of the story or witnessed any of this, perhaps you might want to challenge some aspects of it. They say that the horse was temporarily stored in the maintenance storage area in the cemetery. And then go on to say, no horse was buried in the cemetery. It was covered using mace material in the yard and moved a little later on. So that's the response from Cork City Council yesterday afternoon. So if anybody wants to challenge any of that, feel free to do so. Text 0868104106. Just very quickly, it's a big day today. It's Giving Tuesday. That was created in the USA first, around about 10 or 11 years ago. Um, I'm reading in the papers this morning. The Echo is a nice colour piece on it. They're talking about uh, it's an antidote to the frantic spending of Black Friday and Cyber Monday to give to a charity or to do a kind gesture the day after these two things, um, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then Giving Tuesday. And with that in mind, just a quick shout out, because I know I do this every year um, and they need to get stuck into it. I say they're flying at the moment. Every year they do really well is carepack.ie, where you can actually adopt a grandparent. And for the day that's in a Tuesday, wouldn't it be nice to send a care pack to people who are living and have homes in nursing homes and residential settings? Geraldine Monaghan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. So just to tee you up and give you a bit of a bump and a bit of a boost on Giving Tuesday, the call is out now for people to get involved, right? Absolutely, yes. What do you need? What are you looking for? What's the drill? So basically, we have about 4,000 residents that are left 
that uh, we want to try and match up with people. Um, so anybody who would like to send a gift to somebody who's living in a nursing home, um, you can do it through our site, carepack.ie. Okay, this is national, isn't it, Geraldine? Yes, it is, yeah. I mean, it was it was something we started, it was a post, basically, that went viral in um, 2020. And um, before we knew where we were, we were, like, I was only going doing it in the local community. And before we knew where we were, it went across the country. And now, like last year, we matched 21,000 people across the country. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. So since 2020 yeah. alone, 54,000 care home residents have been matched and received a Christmas gift. Is that right? 54,000 since 2020. Since, so that's what I mean. Since, since 2020, 54,000 oh, yeah. have received gifts. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Wow. Absolutely okay. amazing. So are you, and, and, and for, for the purpose of this conversation, is it Cork City, Suburban and County residents we're talking about? Absolutely. There's there's still residents left in Cork um, and it's across the county. We don't we don't give the names out per home, say we give them out per county. So mm. if you went in to sign up to Cork now, you'll be assigned residents at random across Cork mm. County and City. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so how does how does it actually work then? Because I think on Post are on board with this as well, aren't they? Yes, on Post have been amazing. Um, so basically what happens is you go onto our website and you'll pick your county, say so you choose Cork. And you can choose then up to six residents that you'd like to send a gift to. And you uh, once you select how many you'd like to send a gift to, it's like a shopping cart for the world, but obviously it's free. And then your resident uh, name and details is sent to your email immediately. And then you have that, and then you can go and buy a gift for them, whatever you like. We've got some ideas there on the frequently asked questions. What do people what do people send typically? Any idea? It basically like magazines, it could be chocolate or, you know, um puzzles or arts and craft kits. Anything like that basically, bingo, stuff that they're going to use um in the nursing home. And then you can wrap it up and take it to a post office and on post once it's under one kg, they will post it free for you. So it's free to get in there. The only, the only cost to you basically is, the content is whatever you put yeah, into it. Content. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, so so on, on post, send you the care pack. We'll deliver the care pack free oh, of charge. And they'll deliver you the care pack. Yeah, so you don't get a special box or anything like that. You can put it in whatever you want, however you want to wrap it yourself. And um, you just take it to the post office and they'll post it for you for free. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, um, people have until, uh, I think, December 15th. Do they see that? 15th to register an interest at carepack.ie and get it done. And the recipients, do you ever chat with people in the homes who receive the gifts? Well, funnily enough, I hadn't until last January on post decided that they were going to offer free posts to nursing homes for the entire year of 2023, which was amazing on the back of last year's campaign. And they invited me down to Waterford. We went to a nursing home in Waterford and got to meet the residents there. And that was just amazing, you know, to talk to different people. Some people had never received a gift. Like there was one particular lady whose husband had died several years previously 
and she's living in a nursing home and she'd never gotten a gift from anybody since her husband died. Was she all alone in the world then, yeah? As in no relatives, no one else except her? No one else, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so it was like, it was amazing and she was just so delighted to get something from somebody. And and that's basically the feedback we're getting across the board. Even people who do have family, they have somebody new to talk to and it's a new interest and yeah. Everybody loves getting gifts, whether it's handed person to person or comes in the post or brought by, you know, DHL or Unpost. Everybody gets a a good boost from a nice little spontaneous gift. We were talking about loneliness yesterday and will be again because, you know, Christmas time really shows, unfortunately, the sadness in some people's lives and, and Christmas can be a difficult time for them. So if you're in a residential setting and you're all alone, you see other people calling in and visiting their loved ones and you have nobody, it must be awfully sad. Absolutely. And and that was the big thing about, you know, uh, when we started this in 2020 and 2021, we were still in lockdown. What we realised is that while, you know, some people had somebody to call into a nursing home, other people didn't have somebody to call into a nursing home. But when somebody else's relatives might be coming in, they might say a quick word to them in the corridor or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, the, then they were meeting them at the window and they weren't, the others weren't meeting them in the corridor. So it was... Different world, you know, wasn't it? There were different times, yeah, tough times. Different worlds, yeah. Well, listen, yeah. well done on the initiative and I'm glad that it's going from strength to strength. If anybody wants to get involved and send a gift to... Um, Anybody in a different nursing home across the city or county or wherever it may be, carepack.ie will show you exactly how to do it. Um, good luck with that. And I hope it, I think you had a bumper year again last year, I think, didn't you? And undoubtedly this year. Yeah, there was 21,000 last year, which is stunning, like amazing. People mm-hmm. are so good. That's the target you have to beat now. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with it. Thanks so much, Geraldine. Congratulations Thanks on a real success story. Well done. Carepack.ie. They call it Adopt a Grandparent, if you like, with a Christmas gift. Um, and it can be of your choosing. But get all the details yourself at carepack.ie. Could make all the difference. Now, that GoFundMe has now been set up. In fairness, Kevin Galvin got the job done. We've given it a nice novel name. So on GoFundMe, on the GoFundMe app, you will find, if you search, Catch of the Day Cork. Catch of the Day Cork. It's organised by uh, Kevin Galvin. It's up there now. And the idea behind this is uh, just following up on the story from a little later on this morning. Two fishermen, I'm reading from this morning's examiner, Owen English has the copy. Two fishermen and a port worker have been hailed as heroes after they dived into the freezing River Lee and saved a woman whose car had entered the water on the quayside. I spoke already to Fareed Langens, a member of the crew of a Belgian trawler, and then I spoke to William Ross. William Ross is from Bandon, and he is the man who actually smashed one of the windows and got the trapped lady out of the car yesterday and in the process of doing so his mobile phone um, which was still in his pocket uh, got destroyed and I was thinking it would be a good idea if we replaced the mobile phone and that's what we're doing so that's up there now on GoFundMe if you want to give a couple of bob it would be great to get it up to a, a thousand euro between now and midday and we can organise a brand new phone from William he doesn't he's, he's not looking for a charity he's not looking for anything like that but I think it would be a lovely gesture considering that he and the other two chaps are heroes all of them, a triumvirate of heroes. So if you want to get involved, it's on GoFundMe right now. It's called Catch of the Day Cork. Give what you can. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show.
Show, Red FM. And we got a big more, we got another big giant fee-fi-fo-fum for you today. Uh, or indeed, fee-fi-fo-fun, if you like. Family passes to give away for Jack and the Beanstalk at the Cork Opera House. Now, curtains up on the 2nd of December for the Panto at the Opera House. We're the media partners for it. And the Panto runs at the Opera House until the 21st of January. And it is, as I say, Jack and the Beanstalk. Now, you can buy tickets yourself at corkoperahouse.ie or call into the box office. Proudly supported uh, by Skechers. Um, and indeed, there are family prices as well. And we've got family passes to give away, which uh, involve four tickets. Uh, so we an adult, three children, two adults, two children, you know, that kind of thing. Or it works for you. So you're listening out for our cue to call. So sometime between now and midday, we will have another cue to call. And this is what you're listening out for. Not now, but at some stage throughout the course of the morning. Magic beans. Did you ever hear the likes of it? Nanny Nelly. Dirty looking Egypt. Magic beans. Did you ever hear the likes of it? All right. So when you hear that again, call a nine on 0818 104 106. And as well as that, it is day two of our 300 euro gift cards for Hanley's of Cork. Everything you need to make this Christmas truly special. They've been doing it for many years now at their wonderful Christmas shop just off the Kinsale Road roundabout and they've got everything and anything for inside and outside the home for Christmas um, including uh, real trees, artificial trees Christmas trees of all sorts of colours upside down Christmas trees and every kind of decoration and light you'll ever need. You can have a look yourself at Henleys.com, sorry, Henleysofcork.com or call in and say hello. So we want you to nominate somebody to win the 300 euro Henleys gift card. So that could be a friend, a family member, a group, an organisation or a charity. So text um, who you would like to nominate for the 300 euro Henleys gift card and tell us why. So text 0868 104 106 on that one. Can I just say that the GoFundMe is up now and it's uh, available if you want to uh, maybe um, donate a couple of bob. Um, all of the proceeds going to a brand new phone. Um, it's up on uh, GoFundMe now. It's called Catch of the Day Cork. William Ross from Bandon was one of those that rescued the woman from the car yesterday, broke one of the windows on his second attempt, couldn't break the back one, so opened and broke the side one instead and managed to pull uh, the trapped lady from the car on Kennedy Key yesterday. And phone got destroyed and I thought it would be a nice thing to replace the phone for him so if you could give a few bob it would be greatly welcome anything would help but we want to try and get it up to a thousand euro before midday catch of the day Cork catch of the day Cork on GoFundMe um, I wonder will they get a GoFundMe worth 400,000 euro <laughs> a thousand will do nicely we leave the other one in Dublin do its thing um, there is a substantial barrier along the Keeneal was the barrier open um I, I don't know, I, I wasn't there, but it, they say, obviously it's a working, it's a working port uh, and it's a working key. Um, so I can't, I can't say, but, but clearly cars can, uh, unfortunately, um, be driven over it. Uh, awfully, awfully dangerous. Those fishermen were so brave to put their own lives at risk. I would be delighted if you could pass on to them that there's free coffee in the three little piggies on Union Quay for life any time they're passing. Paul, you are so good. They need to be recognised and rewarded for their bravery, says Paul. That's Paul Walsh, the owner of Three Little Piggies. I don't know whether or not the lads who have just set to sea can still hear me, as in the two fishermen involved, Farid Langans and Kevin Roos. But can I say if they are, there's free coffee or tea 
whatever your hot chocolate, I suppose. Going out on the limb here at the Three Little Piggies Cafe uh, on Union Key for you guys for life. <laughs> I love it. Why don't people have a gun fund me for the new phone for the band and lad? It's there. Thank you for the suggestion. We've done it. Uh, should we not cap the GoFundMe at €3,000 and give each of them €1,000 each? I know two of the lads were not from here, but once the limit is reached, you could revolute the money to them. After all, they risk their lives as well. <laughs> you notice how the simplest of proposals kind of tend to get... <laughs> a little bit complicated I'm okay with that too I'm just happy to get to a thousand if it goes further than that well and good let's just see what happens and cross that bridge when we come to it what do you think anyway leave it at that and uh, it's there and it's available if you want to give a few Bob catch of the day Cork go fund me we'll come back to it a little later on and check in and see how it's going back to the phone lines we go Shona thank you so much for holding I know you've been there in age morning to you how are you Good morning, how are you? Yesterday, and I have a lot of texts on this, we were actually talking about, without meaning to be a downer, but we were talking about people who literally dread Christmas. Linda was on the air. Uh, not a, people, a lot of people got in touch and want to help her because she's dreading spending Christmas alone, you know, and that prompted your own thoughts and your own texts. So share your story, if you will. So, yeah, look, my, my heart really does go to her. Christmas can be, in my opinion, it can be, such a joyful time but it can be really really hard especially when you've lost someone and look it's not that long ago that you lost someone too um, if it was my friend or my family member like personally I would probably have reached out myself but if someone hasn't already don't be afraid to send that text message and just be like you know just wondering could I come to your place for dinner could I pop around for a little bit or if you really don't want to like maybe burden friends and family but you wouldn't be a burden in any way shape or form you could look and maybe volunteer on Christmas Day there's a lot of places that do Christmas dinners or you know just kind of sitting down with other people who might be in the same situation as you and missing someone as well you you are you are right in the sense that you know it's it's the first Christmas after losing a loved one and God knows it's the circle of life it can be a tough mm-hmm. one you know it could be a brother or a sister or a father or a mother it could be an awful tragedy like a child uh, but I think in Linda's case she's a bit slow to reach out to friends because she doesn't know they all think she's got something on she doesn't have something on and she doesn't want to be a burden. Um, I mean, if you put your hand on your heart, would we all be okay if a friend texted and said, "Can I come for Christmas dinner?" Would I suppose? I would want them to. Yeah. I would. I would hate if I found out a week later that they were on their own. I. Oh my God! I, I don't even know how I would feel. She should definitely anyone, even if it's a neighbour. Like I said, if you don't want to ask to go for the dinner, maybe say to to one family member, could I call around for breakfast in the morning? And then say to someone else, could I call her in the evening for a drink, you know, just to pop in and say hi. You have to reach out. You can't be left Yeah, I know what you're because, saying. Yeah, text could say, you know, I'm, on, I'm, on a, I'm at a loose end on Christmas Day. I'd love to drop over with a couple of small gifts, a cup of tea or maybe a mince pie. Are you free? Can I call? Yeah, just to check up. You know, I'd, I'd love to see you. You know, just don't make it about you. Can I make it about the other person? But you're, you're still doing it for yourself, but you can't. If you leave yourself be on your own this year, then you'll let yourself be on your own next year and you'll fall into a habit and a routine of isolating yourself on Christmas and it's going to be so much harder every year following. In the sense that she was also saying yesterday morning that she was actually inquiring as to, because she's gone to different hotels on Christmas Day for Christmas dinner. I think mm. She mentioned the Radisson one year and I think there was a second one uh, maybe in the county somewhere and she's looking for somewhere new 
Um, you know, it's, uh, that's fine if that's your thing and you live alone and you're happy to do that. But she even dreads that idea, you know, Christmas dinner in a hotel. I, yeah, I, I think something like that might be a little bit more difficult because what I do know is I, I know one of my partner's family members, they often do, but a group of them go. And I think if you're going to a place like that, especially if you're going on your own, what you're, you might see is you're going to see families together and other families. And maybe that would be harder because you know one that you know with you. So I really, really think it's important to spend time with someone now. Again, okay. if she wants to do it for the dinner and spend the breakfast in the evening with someone else. But definitely she, need, she needs to be, reach out and just not be afraid to do it. Okay. I hope she's listening and takes that advice on board. Thank you, Shona. We actually got an email in saying uh, along the lines of I've been dreading Christmas myself. My husband passed away on the September 30th. He was always the one who had the turkey stuffed the night before. He was always the one that had the ham boiled. He raised my spirits at Christmas time. He did everything. It was always perfect. Passed away on September 30th. So here I am, four weeks out, feeling very sad and apprehensive about this one day of the year. My friends all have partners and children and I feel pathetic even admitting that I have nowhere to go. Does anyone have any ideas or inspirations or tips on how to get through the Christmas period? Now, now imagining it's, I don't know whether any more than that as to whether maybe yourself and your husband never had children or perhaps you did have children, they might be overseas, I don't know. Uh, but some people responded to that as well. There's a seat at our table If you drive, just call down. I'll give you the details. Lorraine said, there's always a seat at our table. If you can drive, uh, come away over. You're more than welcome. Nobody should be alone on Christmas Day. Michelle said, I lost my father on the 5th of October. So we're in the same boat. But you're more than welcome to my house for dinner as well. We can even collect you and drop you home again. So it's amazing the kindness and generosity of people. Jacinta said, if you've nowhere to go for Christmas Day, I'll gladly um, have a seat at my table. I'll collect you. I'll bring you home safely. My door is always open. Amanda said the same. Dervla said the same. Jen said, you're welcome to our house. No problem at all. There's reams and reams of people. And I suppose this could be juxtaed over to say the same thing for Linda yesterday. That the Sheilas and the Clares and the Shaunas and the Annettes that all got in touch all have seats at the table for anybody who's alone on Christmas Day. Uh, Sheila says, we lost our grandson in August and even as a family, we can't cope. He'll be 24 on Christmas Eve. Christmas will never be the same again for us. An empty place at the table the first Christmas without him. Claire says, it's the one day of the year, uh, but I think it's the loneliest day of the year. And if my mother didn't ask us out, my son and I... Uh, Yes, I have my son, but he's 18, and I find it very hard because I hate Christmas. Uh, I get, um, so I get how this poor woman losing her partner must feel. I hope someone does bring her to their home. I would have no issue, but I'm not cooking myself, says Claire. And one or two more. Anthony says, I'd love to send this lady a Christmas card and maybe give her a phone call on Christmas Day to see how she's doing. Mina says, back home, we used to patch a couple of tables together and invite all of the people who are alone, who have relatives living far away, so they don't feel alone or excluded. We would usually do a barbecue or some meat on the spit. But the Mediterranean weather serves us uh, serves us a bit on those occasions. Sorry about that. Uh, maybe something like that can be done here. Uh, just adjust to the weather. <laughs> you could do everything except the barbecue, the meat on the spit, because you won't have the Mediterranean Mediterranean weather. Anyway, keep those texts coming. Text 0868-104-106. Back after the break. 
Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Joe's Hair Salon was on the air yesterday. Joe himself on the Glacian Road and they got the big day at the weekend, right? And all of the proceeds um, and all of the you know the gifts and things that they need will go to the kids and the families in Edel House and also a lot of them for Cork Penny Dinners. Now Flannery's on, on board and they got a lot of sponsors for the food and everything that will happen. But um, he's asking for people to donate whatever they can give um, to pass on to the families and the children who will be short this Christmas time and in need. So I was asking him for some you know, ideas as to what he was looking for uh, yesterday morning on the air. And he says, uh, anything that people can provide can be dropped off from Wednesday onwards at Joe's Hair Salon on the Glashian Road. Things like selection boxes, Dunn's vouchers, Penny's vouchers, pyjamas for kids, pyjamas for mums. This would be the kids and the mums in Adele House. New books for kids of all ages. You know, colouring books, cartoon books, comics, things like that. Books for kids. Cosmetics of all sorts. Things like roll-on deodorant. A new toy for the kids. Somebody could donate a new toy. The kids will be aged between 6 months and 14 years. Um, and if you wrap the toys and put down either boy or girl as the gift on the wrapped toy, that would be great as well. So that's some of the ideas that Joe's looking for. And you can drop if you want to help and you're generous enough to be able to give a gift, drop them to Joe's Hair Salon uh, on the Glashian Road from Wednesday of this week onwards. Um, we were talking about loneliness and isolation. I was talking with Una from Charlie's Bar in Enniskillen yesterday morning. Millions and millions and millions of people have looked at that two-minute video. Um, and it is just powerful. And it's a very, very powerful message. And they did it with a, one iPhone and a 700 euro budget, budget. And it's gone all over the world. I don't know how many times. But I wanted Paddy O'Brien, who's an advocate for the elderly, to have a quick look at it as well. And he has done. He joins me by phone. Paddy, good morning. Yes, good morning. Lily. It's like two minutes of magic, isn't it? It's, that sends out a very, very, very strong message what loneliness is all about. Yeah, yeah. And loneliness, regrettably, is like one of the conventional diseases. It kills people. An elderly person cannot go to their GP and say I'm lonely. There's no medication available for loneliness. Loneliness is a silent disease. You suffer on your own. But there is one cure for loneliness, and that is the human touch. And the human touch I'm referring to is the visitation of elderly people in their homes. I come across people throughout the year. There could be three four and five days without speaking to anyone. Yeah. And I think it would be a great idea this year if people adopt a person. When I speak about adopting an elderly person and not saying bring a person into your home for the, the Christmas period, no. Just keep in contact with them, a phone call. For instance, take an elderly person to Mass Christmas morning. Religion is very important to elderly people, but people now are so very far away from the church. It will be an act of charity. And the best Christ, the best gift anyone can give people this year is your time. How do you do that, though, with people? Because I remember, you know, even with my own father, I was always kind of not, not wanting to overly panic him about answering the door to strangers but how, how do you reach out in a situation like that would you well, just drop a note through the front I, I, door with your number on it a lot of places over the last week speaking about loneliness and it isn't a lot um, knock on, you're not knocking on the door Christmas Eve and say I'll take you to Mass in the morning now is the time go introduce yourself my name is Johnny Murphy I'm living down the street look how you are look that's my ID card and get to know the person beforehand and you can build up a relationship and it's, you know, elderly people, now, and many elderly people, they just say, 
Irish was over. I met a lady two weeks ago, and she said, I would love to go to bed Christmas Eve and to wake up when it's all over. Christmas is all over. Why'd she say that? that? Did you ask her, did you, did you probe her why? Oh, yeah, yeah, we well, can tell you why. I'm getting very personal here. Her, she had four sons and three daughters. No visit at even at Christmas. No visit at Christmas. Seven of them. And I have to say this, is that this is not an isolated case. I'm aware of sons and daughters who would put their elderly mother or father into a nursing home and goodbye, that's it. They're then left abandoned inside them. And I can honestly say this, that elderly, some, some elderly people, despite the fact the great care, the great love and attention they get from the staff, elderly people are, can be very, very lonely. At, um, and I suppose they can be proud as well in the sense that they wouldn't want to reach out or they might be ashamed, you know? That's it. And you see, people said to me, what can I do for Christmas? I said, like, no matter where you're living, there are elderly people. There are elderly people. And a knock on the door should make this a happy Christmas for someone. Yeah. But don't wait for Christmas Eve. Do it now. Do it up this weekend or the next following weekend. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate you're making a valid point is that people would be nervous if you're a total stranger. Yeah, drop, you, you can, can drop a note in the door and say, you know, I, 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 I there's my number or I call back again in a day or two. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I, in turn of late, we've had so many tragedies in Ireland with people found dead after weeks and weeks and some case for years. I was always, I'm saying now of late, knock on the door. Yeah. You could save a life. Yeah, and somebody, you know something, there's a chance that, you know, Somebody might say no, but at least you checked in with them anyway. Yeah, that, that, that's it. Even, even, even at the risk of person might take you short, or yeah. they might, you know, just at least you know now. Move on. At least you check. Right. And what I would say to people: get get involved, but regrettably and unfortunately. The loneliness doesn't disappear at Christmas. Try and keep, please, try and keep that contact up, that relationship up. Yeah, yeah. And I'm using the word adopt. And you're, what parents are doing, they're putting, showing a great example to family members that they're concerned about Mrs. Murphy or Mr. Murphy down, down the road. Because it's like, it's frightening. When I heard GPs at a seminar of a couple of years saying loneliness is like one of the conventional diseases that kills people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very, very, very sad. And I hate talking about lawless at Christmas when everyone's to enjoy themselves. Yeah. But regret for you, there is a problem. Well, I know. I think, it's, a problem out there. I think it's fabulous the work that the boys and girls of Cher do, not just at Christmas time, but all year round. Can I, can I ask you as well, it'll be John's first Christmas in his beautiful little home in Madden's building. interesting. He, yeah, is he looking very forward to it? Yeah, and we'll put up, we'll up a tree for him in the next, uh, in the next week. And I, quite honestly... Um, before he went to the house, and on a very, very personal note, I was very worried because I was concerned about all the great care he was getting, all the great attention he was getting, and that would he settle in? I mean, he was used to living out in the wilds, rabbits flying around. Uh, he was 40 rabbit. years in a slaughterhouse, yeah, God, would he adjust? His grand, yeah. his grand, the happiest moment for me was about two days after he checked into, uh, into his new home. I went down, he came out. And he was wearing slippers, something he never did in his <laughs> life before. He, and he was really homely. He loves his television. 
a television downstairs and a television up. Um, ah, it's beautiful. Should we to walk around it? It's a palace. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's a absolutely beautiful. And again, I can't thank enough everybody, everybody, everyone, yourself and the staff, and all the spreaders throughout the city who gave them a beautiful home. I had a television man in, and he said to me, Paddy, this is a seven star hotel. Seven star, seven star. Listen, it's a long way from the old factory. I remember saying he used to be saying that in the winter it was so cold. He thought he'd end up six feet under. The hypothermia yeah, would kill him. Yeah, that, yeah. That's him. Thank God. He has his open fire now. He has his open fire. He doesn't roll the pubs. He loves the cans. He can cook. He's in downtown. He has the, the air cooker. Uh, he has uh, pl- 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 plenty of food. Well, if he can cook, I, I'd gladly give him a little turkey and ham if he's looking for one. <laughs> Please, that would be, be fantastic. That would would be great. But that, that's very good. You asked me what the for, for first Christmas. His first Christmas in his own home Hopefully. his first Christmas with his own Christmas right his, his first Christmas is in Dolce Table and eating Christmas food proper Christmas food not like the stuff he was cooking I in know, his sure it was awful. and yeah, everywhere yeah, I yeah. go no matter where I go no matter where I go um, I was at a function in Silver Springs Hotel on Friday night and three different occasions different people said to me tell me Paddy how's the man getting on in the slaughterhouse John and John of Eden's buildings yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, well done well done well done well done We'll chat again this side of Christmas time. Nice, nice, nice catching up, Paddy. Delighted for John. Uh, and again, let the alert go out there. If you have somebody in the in the neighbourhoods that you think might be lonely, uh, reach out. Find a way of doing it. Incidentally, I got a lot of emails then following my chat with Lindy yesterday. Can you give any details of this lady? My brother is a community guard in Gronabraher, and I'm a community guard in Tralee. We'd both love to help her out and get in touch with her, with a few people in mind that could help. If you can't, no problem, but we'd be glad to put our heads together to help her. Uh, it's in relation to the story, we'll be alone, the lady will be alone at Christmas. So two different community guards want to get involved. One in Agronabraha and the other in Tralee. Just wondering if there was a place like the Irish Centre in Kilburn. That's the, not the first text that I've come across with regards to that. I don't know if something like that exists in, in Cork. I mean, obviously, Penny Dinners is there and everybody is welcome to go through the door and things like that. And the boys and girls of Cher have very special things happening over the Christmas too. But um, a, a club like the Irish Centre in Kilburn, where people would go and they'd have the food and the bit of music and, you know, people would be away from home. A lot of people who left when they were young to work in England and never came back. Uh, I'd love to call to that lady if she was open to it on Christmas Day, even for an hour or two. My younger boys are four-year-old twins and I would hate to think she'd be alone for a whole day like this. There's loads and loads of this. Uh, We have a madhouse, but she's more than welcome um, to come up and join us. You can't beat a madhouse on Christmas morning. She can't because sooner or later... They all quieten down and the kids grow up and they move away. Um, a lot of different texts, should I say, texts on different topics of conversation. If I could just mention, um, and I'll come back to this, Stephen, in a couple of seconds' time. Um, I got a message or a lengthy email from a member of Angarda Shukana. And this really will give you a great insight through the eyes of a guard who is in Dublin um, on the thin blue line, if you like, on Thursday night. I'll say no more about it than that and just read out the email instead. Uh, Neil, I'm a member of Ungarda Shikana with a number of years now. I'm from Cork, but stationed in Dublin, but will always be, be a proud Corkman. I always did wonder the meaning behind the thin blue line when my colleagues talked about it. But Thursday night, I saw what it meant in real time. It was the first time in a long time I was so proud to be a member of Angarda Shukona. When we stood on O'Connell Street, there's no point in saying otherwise, but there was an eerie feeling of nervousness in the air. 
as initially our numbers were slack. As we looked down at the thugs in front of us who were out for nothing but destruction. To look to my left and then to my right and see men and women standing alongside each other of all ages and backgrounds and face these thugs with only batons in hand was something beyond belief. As we moved down O'Connell Street and started reclaiming Ireland's most historic street and then along with its side streets off it, it broke my heart along with my colleagues' hearts as it was blatant to see the decent people caught up in this hooliganism elderly people attempting to run when they were unable to run and kids with them who these fellas said they were out representing bursting into tears in utter fear because of these characters kids crying we got as many people to safety as we could and it was with thanks to kind business in this businesses in the city centre who opened their doors to members of the public even though they were frightened themselves as the night progressed I went from seeing the worst about this country to seeing the best about this country we began to see members of Angarda Shikana appear running down the quays running down side streets off O'Connell Street we knew by looking at their shoulder numbers that they weren't stationed in Dublin. This was completely unannounced, I can tell you. When we asked these members where they were from, where they came from, they said all said the same thing. Um, we're not from Dublin. We saw that you were under pressure up here, so we got into our cars and immediately made our way to Dublin to help you out. There was members of Angarda Shikona, I believe, came from as far as Cork, Roscommon, Letterkenny. They were all off duty. They left their families to come up and to help their colleagues who were up against it. To all those that came up and helped us, I know we stationed in Dublin just want to say a massive thank you. I know it's our job and it's a job we certainly do not for the money, but it's a job we do with pride nonetheless. What I saw unfold before my eyes on Thursday night was something I thought I would never see happening in this country and I hope I never ever see it happen again. We're going into the Christmas period and I would genuinely hope uh, for kindness going forward, something us Irish always did best. Let's keep it that way. And that's an email that I received yesterday afternoon from a Corkman uh, working as a member of Angarda Shikona in Dublin, uh, highlighting uh, what he saw, what he experienced and what they went through on Thursday night and indeed other members of the force from around the country who came to their aid. We have a cause on the way. Text 0868104106. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. All right, pick up the phone on 0818104106. And I know there's a lot of demands on people's time and everything, but I think the uh, story from... Um, the keys yesterday, Kennedy Key with the life of that woman being saved is worth another mention with regards to the GoFundMe uh, and it's up on GoFundMe now um, trying to get a thousand euro together for William Ross to replace his phone because he's the man who got her out of the drowning of the uh, sinking car and she could have drowned without the intervention of three individuals amongst them William so if you can give a few bob um, and we'll see if we can get it up to a grand uh, by midday today uh, I think it stands now at 155 euro and with my 50 that will bring it to 205 euro uh, so we're getting there so if you think you can spare a couple of bob he's a wonderful guy and put his own life at risk then you can uh, get on to GoFundMe it's called Catch of the Day Cork Catch of the Day Cork and we'll check it again in half an hour's time see how it's going Stephen good morning Neil how are you? Uh, lengthy correspondence from you and uh, I think you used the word furious there's yourself, uh, there's yourself yeah. and your partner. And is it a 10-month-old baby girl? Yeah, baby girl, yeah. Did you buy, you bought a house? 
we bought a house Neil way back in January of 2020 um, I don't know do you remember but you probably I would have been on to you a while back about it we had issues with builders going bust long story short we bought it in January 2020 we've had two builders go under we've had a site takeover by an uh, investment company has been hell but long story short and was that in an estate or was it a one off for what it's 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 the very end of a large estate there's literally four houses left in development um there's 189 houses in this development this is the very last phase of the development um there's four houses it's been in construction since I think 2010. That's amazing because in um, the space of three broadcast days now, you're the second person to tell me about housing estates that stopped or went bust or remained unfinished um, here on Cork. I'm quite sure there's more of them. So between all of the jigs and the reels, did it ultimately get built? Eventually it got built, yes. There was a new um, takeover. They came in to finish, but they went bust. But the house was complete when that happened. But since then, since April of this year the house is complete fully complete um, ready to move into and the only thing stopping us from getting into our house is Irish water (laughs) don't mention the war I'm like but you see this is the thing Neil right I'm sick to death of going around and people saying oh you in the house you know no it's Irish water it's Irish water all short their lawn to themselves all short same story like this is a government body um, you know, they they're, they're, they're seem to be getting away with this this um, caveat that they have on them that they can just take 13, 14, 15 weeks to get connections. What do they have to do? I mean, have the other, like, what is it they have to turn something on? I mean, you have water pipes and everything. We, we, we All the piping is done, the whole lot. We literally, all it is is we need to be connected to the main supply of water in the estate. what they were saying initially was because the development was such an old development and that the previous system that's in there wasn't completed by them because the estate was so old and was done pre-Irish water being um, founded or, or created they had to do inspections and tests on the system and they kind of didn't know what way the system was Yeah, but, but, but all the, the other houses have water have they? Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The same like the system, whole, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whole the whole estate has water. You know, um, literally, there's four houses at the very end of the estate, um, have been done since April, and Irish water are the only reason we aren't in. How long would that job like, take to do? Well, when I got onto Irish Water initially, they're very, very um, reluctant to tell me anything about it because I, I'm not all an authorised person because we don't own the house yet. But from start to finish, they quoted between 16 and 18 weeks. No, but how long the actual physical job? The, the job itself, like, I, 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 Neil, to be honest, I'd say two, three days maybe. Oh, so it's, it's a substantial job. It's not just turning something on, a valve or anything. It's more involved. No, in that. like, like I, I should have sent on pictures to you, but like, no, I'm just, I'm just curious because you had hoped to be in for Christmas, yeah. That's what we were. That we had a phone call from our solicitor two weeks ago, very positive, assuring us we were going to be in for Christmas. Irish Water had sent out dates. There's tests happening. Everything's looking good. I got an email from her Friday saying. Now that's not going to happen. Irish Water have pushed dates out, won't get tests done in time. 
and um, then we'll see once Irish water come on site and get their bits done we have to have our heating tested the plumbing has to be tested the electricity has to be tested all that's not going to be done before Christmas yeah I know um, and had your big plans for Christmas new baby and everything of course Neil like, like this is our first Christmas for Creeland um, and we like my wife is due to go back to work next week after maternity leave and she has spent her entire maternity leave making phone calls fighting for this like you know and it's Friday night or Friday morning when I received that email I was just worn fuming. out yeah I can imagine fuming and worn out like I have been on to, to TDs yeah. to counsellors and in fairness I have to say now our local counsellor here Councillor O'Leary has been unbelievable so it's, it's a Southside house then is it yeah and, and and on top of that are you renting is there any pressure with the landlord we're, we're the... renting I tell you Neil we're extremely lucky we're renting at the moment and we're very lucky that the the landlord we have is extremely understanding and a very kind man because no joke like we had told him when we got the, that email we'd be out for Christmas and that was all well and good we gave him notice 30 days notice the whole lot and we had to go back to him last week and say look that's not the case. We you actually don't know. You are very lucky because he could have had somebody just ready to move in and you're Neil, gone. Honest to God, right, we would literally be another family, could very easily have been another family on the street this Christmas with a baby because of this situation. I have gone, I am sick of it. I have gone straight to the top of Irish Water. I've emailed the CEO of Irish Water. I received a petty little email from him yesterday asking about the 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 situation and I've heard nothing since. Yeah. I've emailed the housing minister and he came back to me and said it's outside his remit because yeah. it's a, a private site. Like how in the name of God is a housing development that is being delayed by a government body outside his remit? Like this country, I swear to God, for, for a I can understand why you, you say, you know, people crying out for homes and then other people buying homes and they can't get into them because you've got bodies like Irish Water who just can't do their job properly. They, they're, just, they're just still on. You're, you're aware of the issues on Leaside with water anyway, aren't you? That uh, people can't drink it. It's just undrinkable. Like, I, I, no, I, I, I didn't, I, I, oh, I didn't yes. know that situation. Yeah. But like, what, what, what I'm, why I'm wanting to, to express my, my fury at this is because like, I, I need to get this out there and even for your show now like I know you've a lot of listeners I want people to get on to you and be like we're in the same situation with Irish Water like I want to get people together and I want to tackle this because like we worked so goddamn hard to get this house and like we what this isn't costing us now and increased interest rates and the, the, the price of the house not because of yeah materials yeah. and everything like they, they don't take this into consideration they don't realise the implications all these delays have on people like us it's incredibly hard to buy a house in this country like my wife and I worked extremely hard for this like we broke our backs for this and we're renting we're trying to save as much as we possibly oh, I know, can I know, I know. and we've interest rate hikes and building material hikes and they just don't care. And, and the timing is shocking as well. It would have been just a wonderful thing to be in for Christmas. Nice little nice little family we unit were, celebrating that's Christmas. what we were going on all along. When we got that phone call a few weeks back from our solicitor saying we're going to be in for Christmas. Well, I'm, it, I'm, I'm it, happy to see if other people are in the same ball game as the same boat as yourself, but talking to Irish Water would be a waste of time because um, Neil, I've done it on the past. Im- it Im- impossible, right? I, 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 I've... I've 
literally, I was just so sick of it and trying to deal with him on a local level through councillors and TDs and everything. I had enough Friday and I was like, I went straight to the top. Niall Gleeson, the CEO of Irish Water, yeah, yeah. Public, publicly has come out and said it is his number one focus to work with um, developers and estates to get housing over the line, to get houses out so people can start moving into the houses so we can work on this housing crisis in Ireland. Like, in all fairness, like, it is just beyond a joke, do you know? Um, I'll, dra- I'll drag out that whistleblower email that I received there last week again from um, a worker within Irish Water and you can stay listening and see how... Yeah. Um, how um, you know difficult it is even to work for Irish Water? Um, it's just uh, you know, I think a lot of it is to do with uh, just not enough staff, uh, too many chiefs, and not enough Indians. Apparently, they're saying. You know what I mean? I believe it because I I I I, I read the thing. I was just looking up a few bits on it the other night, and like, I think there's like 176 people in Irish Water on over 100,000. Eleven of them are on over 175,000. Like the CEO himself is on two hundred and forty thousand a year. Like yeah. these people getting crazy amounts of money, crazy amounts of money, and the organisation is being ran the way it is. Like honestly, it is just I am I, I Neil. I'm not joking. I like, can feel you. We are broken. Like broken. All right, look, stay in touch. No more than that, can I tell you? Um, I don't know, unless there's some absolute last-minute miracle that you get in for Christmas. Who knows? But appreciate it. I bet you I'll get other texts and calls from people in a similar situation as your good self. Text 0868-104-106. In other news, of course, we've been talking a lot about the issues in Dublin. A nice email in from um, somebody who's just back from Amsterdam. Was in Amsterdam for my 40th birthday. Went with a lot of work colleagues. I'd say that was a lot of fun. Um, I weren't with my work colleagues. I don't drink, so I walked around the streets of Amsterdam and felt totally safe. Lots of armed police, lots of surveillance cameras. The police were armed and had batons, big, strong men, ready to break your legs. I don't know why I'm, la- I know why I'm laughing. You wouldn't want to put a foot out of step. You wouldn't want to be putting a foot out of step in Amsterdam. You find yourself limping, at the very least. Um, imagine that uh, you had a good fortieth birthday and a clear head the next morning, as opposed to all your pals. Uh, McGregor I spoke about Conor McGregor earlier. For once, is right. The Irish government would want to be very careful going after Conor McGregor. He's one of the most popular men in the world, and if he started a political party in the moment, he would become the Irish version of Trump. This is all a deflection from the real issues, which is mass migration of armies of men who are not vetted and committing violent crimes in this country. But Ireland isn't a dangerous place for kids kids who are being stabbed on our streets. Give me a break. Uh, keep those coming. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Talk about loneliness and uh, isolation over the last couple of days as we head into the, well, I was going to say, Christmas mayhem and rush. It's already upon us. But for some, of course, uh, they dread it. Breed, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. How are uh, you Good. Doing? I'm going to chat away with you up and see what kind of time I have. Might talk to you again after 11. But you do voluntary work, do you, with the elderly or with people who are alone, I should say? Yeah. Well, I, I actually, I'm just, I'm a befriending volunteer a with befriender. alone. befriender. Um, What's that? 
So basically, it is somebody who goes to an elderly person's house, somebody who lives alone, and um, it's it's not a huge time commitment. And what they ask for is an hour a week, and it's to check in and say hi and give them company. Um, and then, you know, if you ever have concerns or anything, you'd feed back to you know people in head office. And okay. It's company. It's just somebody to check in every. And week, the elderly you know. woman that you visit weekly, does she look forward to the visits? She clearly would, I'd say. As she does, yeah, she's lovely. Now, she's a fantastic daughter also who's very, very involved with her. Um, and, you know, obviously when you do something like this, I'm, I'm kind of speaking generally because everybody, you know, it's, everybody has their confidentiality. Yeah, no, like I that, get that. I don't want to know where she well, is or who she yeah, is. Yeah, like yeah, oh, she's lovely. She's a lovely lady, yeah. Now, she'd be confined to a wheelchair. Um, but, like, I suppose when I started the training for it, um, I was doing it. My parents are deceased and my husband, husband's parents are deceased. And I thought, God, it wouldn't be lovely for my three kids to, you know, visit an elderly person and call in and sit down, do their homework and maybe read them a story. Um, and um, so I, inv- I got involved with, with Alone and they're, they are a fantastic charity. But just unfortunately, like due to the legacy of things that have happened in our country in the past, I think charities like this are pretty much paralysed by health and safety and Hikwan safeguarding like I wouldn't be allowed to bring my children to this lady's house and that is not the charity's fault. Why? Why would that be not Well I, I know I'm not because I presume you know that if something happened or if, you know if one of them was running and, and hit into her or if anything happened and that is not the charity's fault by the way but they you know potentially there'd be I don't know there'd probably be a capacity for you know litigation or maybe me maybe if I you know this is how but you you did you like would you have had to be guarded vetted for that yourself oh yeah so you oh, know, yeah and yeah, that's exactly. important because you could have any kind of chance of signing up and thinking that they might make a, uh, you know make a few bob by visiting an elderly person and robbing them I mean I don't mean to put too fine yeah. a point of it but that that could potentially happen yeah um, but I know but, you know I suppose there has to be safeguards in that regard um, but it does but yeah. with regards but to like, children not being able to visit uh, I mean that I don't know I don't know maybe this no that's I don't want to say anything that charity is fantastic and and so that's but I I would say any voluntary charity has found things like that you know and I suppose what I feel is um, people doing it on a casual basis it's very um, you know like I want to say I was actually at that award ceremony that um, Paddy O'Brien was at on Friday and he spoke there were more well, was about three hours plus of awards and he was the one person when he spoke you could hear a pin drop there were hundreds of people in the room in the conference centre in the Silver Spring and tell me when you visit do, like what is it a, yeah. every week it's for an hour is it just to chat yeah. or would you do a chat, bit of cooking yeah. or what would like you're just sitting down chatting Yes, yeah. I mean, we're not asked to do cooking or anything. She does have um, helpers call in. Yeah, Yeah. but I suppose my point is kind of more in a general, um, from a general perspective, that this lady, her, you know, her her daughter was very lucky to kind of mobilise and see what's out there. But how many elderly people are living in more rural areas? We don't even know about them. And then, you know, I just thought like that wouldn't be fantastic, but if communities could kind of mobilise themselves to nearly do an inventory every community, every part of every single person who's alone or who's vulnerable living on their own and set set up like a body system but then I think 
I suppose if you start doing that, then it becomes something official and then you get into all this, just all this extra kind of... Um, Health, safety, GDPR, HICWA, yeah. garda vetting, yeah, stuff like exactly. that. Whereas, whereas the communities themselves, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, people, you nearly end up defaulting to, oh, look, it's too, we won't do it because just too much involved, you know. But when we have like acute, serious things happen, like during COVID, so many restaurants and GA clubs around the country got stuck in and even in I live in Middleton and you know that the flooding in Middleton like really paralysed so many households and communities yeah. like luckily myself I wasn't involved yeah. but like it's all allowed then but would it be a you good wonder, just uh, would it be a good place for people to start if they did want to help in what you're doing to get in touch with a loan Absolutely, absolutely, it would be very good. Yeah, yeah. of course, yeah. 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 Um, so that would be great. But I mean, I, I kind of think you know, every youth club, every school should be visiting a nursing home once a term. Mm. You know, mm. good point. everyone go yeah. in, get their books, read with them, play Scrabble. You know, and even for those people that you know don't have their cognitive abilities, having somebody sitting there beside them being able to just give a presence is fantastic and I mean that lady that you were speaking to from carepack.ie that's a wonderful initiative a present but as Paddy O'Brien said how about extending that to they're given a name they send a present and they buddy up with that person if they can and they visit them you know a few times a year true enough um, yeah, yeah true enough okay, um, okay. you know but also there's things like community buses like there's so many elderly people that are confined to wheelchairs and it's not that they can transfer themselves out of a wheelchair into a car they may have hip issues you know joint issues so they are completely confined to wheelchairs and to even move them from a bed you know, to a, a toilet or a commode or something. Well, you'll get into the work, I understand, but that's more inclined to be the work of the HSE and community it nurses. Is, and, but yeah. I'm thinking like having a facility of like a wheelchair taxi or where the wheelchairs could actually roll in for every community and that elderly people be brought to events. Like if you have to organise the taxi, if you're a busy you know, daughter, son of somebody and you have your kids coming up to Christmas and yeah. you have a busy job. And But like communities, having things like that organised and because I, I, noticed, I noticed like the, the lady I visit, you know, when I when I bring her out for a walk or whatever, um, it, that, you know, in winter it's hard, it's colder. But just being out in the fresh air and somebody, you know, up the road just saying, oh, how are you? Yeah. God, it's great to see you. Yeah. That is huge, and so many people can't because even the physical logistics. Love to be outdoors, but can't get outdoors. I mean, Nobody takes. Yeah, them. like yeah. we have wonderful places here in Cork. Like even in Glentown, there's Harper's Island, which yeah. is a fantastic okay. bird life reserve. And I mean, there's I brought my kids there one time. Fantastic people. Um, the men's shed get involved and. The man there that day was name was Jim Wilson and passionate about the birds and everything. But like, what about bringing you know a busload of of people who are confined to their homes? Literally, bus them there. There's viewing points. They have like you know telescopes and everything set in. Just things like that. Set a lot up of good throughout. ideas. A lot of food for thought. Appreciate it. Thanks for that, Breed. Um, I certainly think that um, your your person that you visit on a weekly basis. Um, there'll be lots of conversation. You're well able for it. But thank you so much. We'll come back after eleven. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Breaking news this morning. Actually, I was just hearing that Ironman in Yall for twenty twenty four ain't going to happen. They've just announced that there will be a pause for twenty twenty four to allow for further healing 
while we spend the next year assessing the best path forward to deliver an exceptional weekend for racing once again for the athletes in one of the most passionate host communities in the world. That's the statement for Ironman. They sum it up as being Ironman Y'all 2024 taking a hiatus. We're back after 11. Now... Show, Red FM. And sometime between now and midday today, another family pass for Jack and the Beanstalk at the Cork Opera House. Curtains up on December 2nd, runs until the 21st of January, and tickets are available at corkoperahouse.ie or walk in to the box office and where media sponsors also sponsored by Skechers so Family Pass is four tickets on a chosen uh, perhaps it might be a matinee might be a nighttime show whatever works for you but you're listening out for this cue to call don't call just yet call a nine when you hear it sometime between now and midday magic beans did you ever hear the likes of it okay when you hear that again pick up the phone be caller nine on 0818 104 106 and remember the 300 euro gift card for Henley's we're asking you to nominate someone deserving of the 300 euro gift card. It could be a friend, a family member, a group or a charity. It'd be nice to give it to a charity that could use it to decorate homes or maybe something. Uh, maybe it might be somewhere where the charity actually operates out of or work that they do. So text 0868104106. An awful lot of people nominating parents, incidentally, mams and dads. So we'll start on those texts in a few minutes' time, get some calls on the air. And also, don't forget that we are sending Hobe Hampers overseas again this year, courtesy of ourselves and Paddy Box. And I'll tell you some more about that between now and midday. Customised hampers of Irish goodies and it's chock full of Irishness and wonderful things that will be delivered, shipped overseas all around the globe um, by the Paddy Box and you can nominate someone who won't be home for Christmas by emailing neil at redfm.ie. So all of that between now and midday. But I'm just conscious of lots of calls on different topics this morning. Elizabeth, good morning. Here we, here we are talking about getting involved or helping or, or reaching out and what have you. Um, and you, you've got a very interesting backstory in your life that led to when you recovered um, to, to helping and being involved with people. Is that right? Yeah, well, it's it's more broad than that. It is actually. I um, I had noticed first of all a lot of people on Facebook, social media were saying they felt very isolated, very lonely. A lot had come through COVID, and communities were a little bit fractured, and people were afraid to go out and socialise. So, I just decided to start up a group called the Wexford Daisy Chain of New Friends. A small group, I thought at the time, I put a few people together become friends and my work is done. I also had felt at that time I'm in recovery. Um, I'm an alcoholic recovering, so I'm six years sober now. I'm very proud of that. But I felt very lonely as well. I'd lost a lot of my friends, didn't go out anymore. Now, I was can I just born. ask you about that? When you say you lost a lot of your friends, how? what do you mean in what way lost? Lost would be they didn't want to ask me out to socialise. I wasn't invited to parties. I wasn't in the pub scene. So it was came back that I was gone very boring because I didn't drink. So they they moved on and I stood still. And I felt very lonely and very hurt. Okay. Now that I could talk to you about all day long in the sense of how how good how how would you classify them would you think looking back that they were actually good friends yeah best friends in the world so why would they do that then 
I don't know. I mean, I've moved on. And as I said, my life is amazing now that I don't drink and I don't have hangovers and I've let it go. I, I can't hold resentment towards it. No, I'm not talking about resentment. I'm, I'm just wondering, maybe they were kind of uncomfortable around the fact that you... I think so. I think so. You know, if you're in a crowd of people and everyone is drinking and there's one person that maybe isn't drinking, sometimes you might feel that that person is watching how much you're drinking. It could be a reflection. Yes. You know what I mean? Of them watching you. It yeah. could be, you know... You're and not it's gas, really, because I know people that don't drink or I know people who drink and on a night out they don't drink and they can be the best fun in the group. It doesn't necessarily have to follow. I was always like that. I was always told, Liz, you don't need drink. You're such a bubbly person because when I would drink, I would get very low on myself. You know, I was always the opposite. But then, as I said, it just, that was it. You know, my friends have their lives and so I don't go out much and, and I felt very lonely and that was partly part of the reason why I started up to days to change. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, at particular times of the year, was it tougher, like Christmas, say, for instance, or, or your no, birthday is, or a celebration? Every day, yeah. every day is tough. Once you're an addict, every day is tough. It's one day at a time. You never know. I'm not going to drink today, that's what I say. Yeah. I could be drinking tonight. Nobody knows. Yeah. yeah, It's an addiction, especially alcohol. It's a killer disease. And, you know, a lot of us have it and we don't even realise So you work actively at keeping temptation out of your way in the sense you, you wouldn't go into a public house or a bar, would you? No, I'm not that. I'm not, I'm not living in the stone no, age. So no, w- so you would do and you'd eat in bars and pubs or whatever. Of course, yeah. I go to the pub. Yeah. I, just because I don't drink doesn't mean I, I can't really go out and socialise. There's Christmas parties coming up. You know, with food is served in pubs, you go yeah. there for the bit of crack. It's not about the drink, but I do. I do sit watching someone sipping on a glass of wine the whole night and thinking, holy divine, I'd have two bottles drunk. You know Why what I couldn't mean? I have died? So listen, I was, I was as bad on the wine to be quite honest in the gin as well uh, both of them I would avoid like the plague now because I didn't have a good healthy relationship with either of them mm-hmm. uh, but you look at other people then or different countries where they can handle their wine where they have it with their dinner but all too often the Irish relationship with it is quite it's quite unhealthy isn't it it's our culture. Unfortunately, I lived abroad. I lived in the Netherlands, so I know what it's like there. It's our culture, and unfortunately, alcohol. We have the advertisements, funerals, weddings, meetings. Everything has got to do with alcohol, and it's a legal substance. Yeah, and, and that's very sad, it yeah. is. You know, for the future generations, anyway. So, so the people that got in touch then with the new you and your new life, is that like coffee mornings, get-togethers, trips away, you know, different Things like that. Mm, I don't, unfortunately, first of all, I get no money. Not one penny do I get from anyone. So it's all kind of done on a budget. We don't do trips away because I don't want to put people under financial problems, you know what I mean, and stresses like that. People don't need that. They have enough to deal with. I guess I get a lot of people, as I said, just nearly 1,900 in the group. It was started up in January. And it's just highlighting the need. Yeah, it's highlighting the need for 1,900 people. 1,900 people who said that they were lonely and isolated? Yeah, that have come from maybe a lot from South Africa, America, different parts of the world, war zone areas have come to Ireland, Wexford, all around, and have no connections here. And the Daisy Chain is absolutely brilliant from that way. Wow, and that all came from you turning your life around and trying I to do things differently. I don't think so. I don't really. I, I just <laughs> said, I sowed the seeds and the daisies, 
started to grow and and if I had my way every single inch of Ireland every community would have a daisy chain group there for people yeah yeah is your life is your life great now no no but I mean much better than it was you know what it is when you when you are when you have a group with so many people in it, you're getting a lot of messages twenty four seven. You know people that maybe might have serious um, addictions, may have um, mental health problems, maybe short of money, maybe looking for a taxi, maybe having domestic violence problems at home. I get all of that. It's like because I started a group, I'm supposed to have this magic wand yeah. that will actually help everybody. I am playing Mary. I, you know, I'm just like everybody else, an ordinary person. That's heavy. That's a lot to deal with. So I have to work on myself, get lots of self-care time in, go to my AA meetings. I have to do that for me. Good for you. Long may it continue. Listen, lovely chatting with you. Have a great Christmas. Take care. Thank you so much. All the best. Mind yourself, Elizabeth. Fair play. Paul, the taxi driver, says if a restaurant offers William and his partner or a friend a meal, that he'll go down to Bandon, he'll pick up William, the man who, one of the three who saved that woman's life in the car, he'll go down to Bandon and drive them back up to any restaurant. He also offers uh, Farid and Kevin a taxi tour of Cork the next time they're back in port from their latest fishing trip. People are very kind. Thank you for that. The GoFundMe is tipping away nicely to replace uh, William Ross's uh, mobile phone. It's up there on GoFundMe if you want to get involved. I think we're about a third of the way now. The GoFundMe page is called Catch of the Day Cork. And we're trying to get a new phone because William's phone got destroyed, saving that woman's life yesterday from the car. And I just thought, or a texter started actually thinking it would be a good idea, maybe get a few bob together to buy him a new mobile phone. So if you want to contribute and you have a couple of bob, it would be a good cause. You'll find it on GoFundMe, Catch of the Day Cork. Now, um, a lot of other texts then. This is related to um, the uh, issues on the north side. I was telling you about that last night. Petrol bomb thrown at a house. Uh, just wondering if you can highlight how everyone on the north side is very worried about this ongoing feud at the moment another house attacked last night with young kids in there and before you say what are the guardie doing there have been checkpoints the last few days and some of the guards actually come from the armed division of Angarda Shikona uh, when is this feud going to end Will it take for somebody to die? Text 0868104106 on that one. I see other texts coming in on different topics, including the lovely morning that we have. I know it's cold, but it's sunny uh, and it's dry and we have blue skies. And we have two beautiful dolphins swimming in the River Lee near the College of Commerce this morning. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Stay with calls for now. Then I get stuck into vouchers for Hanleys and stuff involving uh, family passes for the uh, Panto at the Opera House and also more on how you can send a paddy box hamper overseas for Christmas. But I mentioned this before 11 o'clock this morning that Iron Man has scrapped plans. I'm reading from the Irish Times, they've just posted it online. So Iron Man has scrapped plans to hold the big race competition next year in Yall. You remember, sadly, earlier this year in August, two competitors died in the August event and they're saying they are not going to run Ironman in Ireland next year, uh, as in 2024, but haven't ruled out 2025. I wonder what the response is like down East Corkway. Kay Curtin from Kay's Flowers, President of Yall Chamber. Morning, Kay. Morning, Neil. Well, you've you? got to be disappointed. You've got to be. Yes. 
Yes, well, I suppose, Neil, the first thing I'd like to say is that we're thinking of the two gentlemen and their families that lost their lives this year. I mean, that's the first thing I'd like to say, and you're on all morning there about loneliness, and I'm sure they will have um, they will have a lot of sad memories now this Christmas. Yeah. But yes, I suppose the news this morning was very devastating, and we're very disappointed, and um, we really feel we've been we've um, been left down. I've had a lot of people into the shop this morning. Um, and it's just like I suppose a lot of people wouldn't realise the ripple effect that Ironman had on on y'all because um, from February on all those athletes train and they, their wives and families might come with them, they'd stay, you know I mean, if they could find the accommodation which we, we, we've lost You have hardly any accommodation well, you know? down in You have hardly any accommodation down there, sorry very little. I mean, we we, we were um, a lot of accommodation was got there um, this year. A lot of people opened their homes, but in in general, we lost a load of beds. And I mean, now I mean, this was an awful blow to us. I mean, we sure, we've like the hotels are happened. given over to Ukrainian war yes, refugees. Yeah, so I mean, we've known it was on our greenway. Other other towns seem to get greenways overnight. So overnight, we, we we don't seem to have any news on our greenway. What's happening? We haven't a clue. We've lost our, our hotel, as you know, and um, a small hotel here in town as well. So I mean, like, I don't know if we can take any more. I think it's devastating. The ripple effect that Ironman had was hairdressers, cafes, even florists. You know, I mean, they'd often come and they'd buy a bunch of flowers. They'd the husband's been training all day. And I don't know what to tell you, girl. I don't know what to say. They're saying I mean, they're going to take I a hiatus. I, yeah. They're going to take a hiatus yeah. to allow the healing process to continue. Uh, and um, yeah. I think worse to the fact that they haven't ruled out 2025. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I got a phone call this morning saying that it was paused and that we would have it in 2025. But look, I don't know. I think you all definitely has been forgotten about. And um, Oh no, what they're saying is they will assess the best path forward to delivering yeah, a yeah. weekend of racing once again. Uh, but it doesn't, get, it doesn't guarantee it. Like, how, how, many, how many years could potentially you all hold a uh, triathlon like that was it for a set number I of years like yeah it was three you know it was one then it was three and then it was supposed to be seven so oh, well, I'm not perhaps, sure yeah, yeah. you know but I mean like we just didn't get there we had a you know we had a bit of misfortune and it's just awful like you know it is devastating I mean I spent the whole day here yesterday the town was just like a ghost town you know and I mean you just have to tell the truth really we are struggling in the town and we do need help you know we had Leo Racker come down there we had a big meeting in the red store and um, you know we're, we're, we're yet to hear what results from that meeting what came from that meeting we all attended it mm. we there was funding allocated for the, the library here in Yall and now we've heard there I don't it might be official but they're saying now that the funding isn't enough and there won't be anything done with the library so everything seems to be going against us all in right. the town at the moment all you right. know let me talk to Jim um, let me talk to Jim thank you Kay incidentally when listening to Kay there got me thinking of the Middleton floods and what have you there are private residents down in Middleton. I think it's Copper Valley. I'm open to correction. Nod my head, nod your head if I'm right. There's certainly estates down in Middleton for sure uh, where the houses are privately owned. And would you believe they're still being hassled 
with regards to being means tested and form filling and still can't get the money and the funding that was promised weeks and weeks and weeks ago in some of the estates down in East Cork. While I'm told at the same time, those that, and I'm glad for them, I no problem with it, but I'm told that those then that might be tenants of, say, county council homes are being facilitated, are being helped, and are having lots of white goods and brown goods and all sorts of stuff delivered to their homes. I think it's very inequitable and very unfair. But anyway, back to the all issue. Jim, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, what do you make of that news then? Uh, no Ireland oh, next year. Uh, as Kay just said, there, it's kind of a, a, another nail in, in, in the coffin. But you were saying about accommodation, you're all too, too, you're right, you're right. But um, the, what people don't realise is that uh, for the men competitions, you had the GA club, you had the soccer club, you had the rugby club, who opened up their premises, care parking facilities, shower facilities, bear facilities. Uh, they were allowed cook in all these places. So, like, that, that, there was money generated out of that, out of that by the campers, uh, campers staying there, you know? Yeah, I know, and, I know. And, I mean, I know, and, it's, 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 it's devastating for the local community or tourists, but the private companies that own big hotels, they really can do whatever they wish with their hotel rooms, you know? That's, that's you see, nothing, you see, nothing Neil, you can do about that. Neil, I'll tell you, you see, the, uh, why the, just take the quality hotels. Just take the quality hotels, like... If they were functioning now as a hotel for guests and, and whatever, like, you, at any given night, would you, have, you the most would have is five or ten people staying below the hotel, which would be, wouldn't be enough to keep the hotel yeah, going. Yeah. Now, now the owner of that hotel, the new owners of that hotel... Uh, 24-7-365. 3-6-5 and cash, cash guaranteed. Money, money guaranteed. 11 million, was it last year? 11 million paid up, no problem. Other than that... Like, yeah, the, the owner of that hotel don't have it. Give it but up, those up, that are li- those that are staying there, for instance, in all of those rooms, are they spending locally in the community? Are they contributing with regards to their money? You know, you'd say there's twelve see, million to accommodate. See, That's the amount of money the hotel got. That was the contract. But the people that are staying there, do they spend? I, you see, th- this is a very grey area, and you have to be very careful what you talk about and what you say. But I, I called out. I said my and my partner called out to the hotel uh, during the day, and we'd go in and we'd have a, a coffee and a, a cup of tea. Like, um, but uh, inside the reception area of the hotel, inside so where the bear used to be, the bear's still there, but there's only there's only a, a t- there's seven tea and coffee. But there's all you can get every kind of a, a, a fruit up in the counter. So like. They're, they're buying the food outside here. Uh, at least, I'm up I'm for correction here, Neil. They're busting the town of a Tuesday and a Friday. It's not every day, at least twice a day. So they go to the big, big supermarkets, Lidl, Aldi, Tesco's, you name it. Uh, the only time Why I'm are they doing that if the meals are provided, though? Well, you see, I suppose they, 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 want, to, they want to get certain foods for themselves, okay. you know, but. Like the only time, time I see seeing uh, entering the premises is, is the oil post office, and you could have you could have um, twenty or thirty going in at one given time. Yeah, but that would be uh, to get, that would be to draw their welfare, right? That's to be drawn their yeah. welfare. Yeah. Also, also when you pass up the social welfare office, office here on the main street, like I feel so sorry for the staff inside here. I had I, I had I had a reason to call in there lately, and there was fifteen of them in front of me. Uh, like um, the phone, the, the, one of the members of staff had the phone going and the translator on it, and the, 
like every one of them are handing in application forms for this, that, and, and if they're entitled, that's it. But I'm just seeing what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's going on? Like I, I was there to take the form, and thanks for the guy, whatever look I gave, I saw it up in the wall, so I didn't have to wait. But if I had to wait for a form, Neil. If I had to wait for a form, I'd honestly say I'd be there a few hours. Yeah. The, sta- the staff are actually murdered inside there. I don't know how they do the job. I ju- honestly don't. But getting back to you all with yeah, the other men, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's, it, it's total devastation. Okay, it says that um, they, they said that they're going to look at the best path forward to deliver an exceptional weekend of racing once again for our athletes. Now, here's the important part. In one of the most passionate host communities in the world. So that's the latest uh, statement they've given me. And if that that bit is interesting. One of the most passionate host communities in the world, which means that if you're to take that and read between the lines, it will be back in y'all in 2025. You see, unfortunately, the circumstances, and I, and I can't call with what Kia said about the two souls after their lives. Like, unfortunately, unfortunately, when this happened, they were finger-pointing by, by two organisations. Yeah. And, yeah. and, 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 and I think I think there's a court case about that at the moment or something. I'm not sure. I'm open for correction. But then on social media, you had people outside the town in different parts of the country, and they're blaming this land, they're blaming that land. The people on the day weren't doing their job properly. Like you know, I I was a volunteer. I was a volunteer. I I and like so many other hundreds of y'all people that volunteered and everything that come into the town, we do volunteer. But you see. Well, two two people drowned. I don't want to be labouring the point, but on the basis of two people drowning, the race shouldn't have gone ahead. I mean, in fairness, like uh, whoever was to blame, it was certainly, it certainly was um, uh, very very dangerous waters. Like, well, look, that that leave that be there. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Talk about y'all. We're here to talk about y'all. Y'all, y'all, the greenway. Do you know what? And the boardwalk. Like I. I walk the boardwalk, and once you once you walk it, there's a coffee shop at one end and another coffee shop at the other. But we we like it, God forbid if your half is out the cop, out the boardwalk and you need to go to a toilet, there's no toilet. So like this is where the Cork County Council want to stand. Ah, up. well, you, you would know? say that if you're walking in a forest now or walking up a mountain, well, you, you know, it, go it, to the loo it, before you go for a walk. But they, they're not, I, they, you, you, t- you tell a person they're seventy five or eighty years well, old. Okay, exactly. all right. You know, okay. you you. Talk I tell a person that you know what I mean? yeah, but right. for God's sake they, their seats half was out out the boardwalk and, and that's grand but look Jesus it, 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 like Kay said I don't know how much more y'all can take it. Like, yeah. I'll leave you with this point Neil and I'll be fast about it I was in Milton yesterday passing through Milton I stopped I, got, I had to get I had to get a message in Milton Milton was buzzing a town a town that was in three or four feet of water like the community are unreal the, the way they came together and the, most than 95% of the businesses are opened. I came through y'all from the top gate I don't want to knock y'all I would never knock y'all from the top gate to the post office I didn't see 50 people on the main street and that's no exaggerating and that was at half three yesterday and shops open for business? what shops? there's only half dozen shops there's very little shops there's what, what is it there's, they're, 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 the rest of them are all boarded up or empty or for rent is it? for rent for sale Boarded up, you 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 know you are as well as I do. You know, like the the main street in y'all is, is dismissed. Yeah. Dismissed. I know, I know, I know. And we 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 have we have a TD with an office in the middle of the town, and 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 the only time I see him and 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 
Cork County TD, TDs. Do you know how I see them? It's for photo shoots. All right. The other was in your day a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, and uh, and everybody was standing alongside me in a photograph. It looks grand, like, but just like all coming in. Then they sail off into the sunset. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, let, let, me, let, me, let me get some more calls, texts and emails. Sad news though. Thank you for that, Jim. Thank you to Kay as well. Sad news for uh, for you all. No Ironman next year. Awful tragedy this year and they're taking a time out on it. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. We'll get stuck into some comps and giveaways after these. The Voice of Cork. Neil Prendeville. Weekdays 9 to midday. Cork's Red FM. I know, I know, I know that uh, people are very frustrated and all sorts of different aspects of their life and we know the events last Thursday night above in Dublin and um, the inequitably inequalities I suppose of living in Ireland for some I was reminded of that actually not connected in any way shape or form by an email that I received recently from John Murphy who's a disability activist living in Cork Uh, he says I've been approached by a family in the city regarding their son who has a serious mental health issue Um, I'm I'm reading this out actually it's it's not connected to any of the other things I've been talking about but it got me thinking of how easily uh, people can be forgotten about or just dropped Um, while on the other hand we bend over backwards to help so many people and then do awful things to our own sometimes Um, they're my thoughts not John Murphy's he says uh, that uh, he's been contacted by a family in the city regarding their son who has a serious mental health issue he's been receiving disability allowance for a number of years however he's been assessed by the department and has been cut off his disability allowance this assessment was not done by any clinician I can tell you this person has a very low quality of life himself He does not have any social life and remains in his house every day and night. It is a genuine case. I know of it. His own GP is shocked that the department has taken this vulnerable person off his benefits. Since receiving the news, his parents have him on suicidal watch. He's not eating. He's not sleeping. As you and your listeners can imagine, this is a very worrying situation for the family. And I would ask the question, what has changed since this chap was put on disability allowance in the first place? The answer, I can tell you, is nothing. I'm quite fearful that people who have mental health issues are now losing their benefits and unable to go to work. And it will make them spiral out of control and it can lead to perhaps some attempting to take their own lives as a consequence. We hear and we see all of the advertisements about mind your mental health from government. In my eyes, this is low-hanging fruit they go after. I hear on your programme about the waste of money with the silly trees on Patrick Street and the department taking people's benefits. I would appreciate if you could mention this on air. There's a lot of people suffering in silence from mental health issues and they feel very isolated and we all need to watch out for them. This is John Murphy, who's an advocate for disability uh, on Lisa and does good work. And I'd imagine that you're intervening on behalf of this young man. What you call it is that um, there was some kind of an assessment by the Department of Social Welfare. How, how do they do this? They, is it like they look at spreadsheets, don't contact anybody, don't get in touch, and then they just look at, OK, where can we make savings? What can we cut? Who can we cut? And then they send out a letter of devastating consequences to somebody who was receiving benefits and was, you know, running their life and cutting their cloth according to the benefit that they got every single week. And then they get a letter saying, sorry, no more, no plan B. I mean, it's absolutely shocking that people will be treated like that. Anyway, I pass it on for what it's worth and I hope that John Murphy's intervention sorts it out for that young man and indeed his family. 
So it's all about trying to be kind. I know we've spoke a lot about uh, about loneliness the last couple of days, but as we head into Christmas, uh, we have opportunities to do kind things for people. And this week, it happens to be, um, you know, Hanley's of Cork are giving us 300 euro gift cards. We thought we'd spin it a bit and uh, ask you to nominate people who you think would be deserving of the 300 euro gift card and why. I got loads and loads of texts on this, but if you don't mind, I'll do a kind of a mix between texts and calls. So uh, David is standing by, but first up to Caragoline and Lisa. Lisa, good morning. Hi, Neil. How so are I'm ta- you? I'm going to take some calls, and then I'm, like I did yesterday, and then some emails and texts, and then decide as to what we'll do with the voucher. So who, you, who would you like to nominate? Uh, I'd like to nominate my sister, uh, Sarah. Um, Sarah, I'd, I, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for her, basically. Okay. Um, I've been a single mother since my daughter was six weeks old. She's now 10. And when I decided to go back to work, my sister had said straight away, I'll support you, I'll help you. She's minded her for me. Um, it, like, and even if I ever wanted to go to, a, say, a social event or anything, without even asking, she'd be like, yeah, send her to me, no problem. She's really been so kind to me throughout the years. So from, from your daughter's up. birth to the age of 10, you were a stay-at-home yeah. mum, dedicating no, all I'm of you. I'm a single mum. So, yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to, I'd like... I went back to work when... Yeah, yeah, single mum, you're, you're on your own, yeah, you're, you're there yeah. for her. When did you... So have you gone back to work now? Oh, yeah, I went back to work when she was six months old. She's six ten now. Six months, sorry, okay, okay. Yeah. So from yeah. six months to ten years old. And, and your sister Sarah, has her, has her own family as well? Yeah, she's two children of her own. Wow. So, like, how would that work? You'd go to work and, and um, where would Leah be? Leah would be with my sister, so she, after she'd go to... School or crash and things like that, yeah. And, no, she never went to crash. My sister has always minded her for me. Isn't so, that incredible? Yeah, yeah. She's an amazing sister, really supportive, and I just can't thank her enough. Like, this is, she's been so kind to me over the last 10 years, and she's really helped me. And look, I'm sure a lot of your listeners can appreciate being a single parent is isolating. And you're back at work, um, and, and, some, and it involves shift work as well, so your hours are all over the place. Well, yeah, I do 10-hour shifts. So, yeah, she takes her to her sports for me and, you know, my daughter doesn't get to, like, doesn't miss out on anything because my sister has helped me so much. Yeah, I mean, it would be impossible for you to ever make it up to her, sure, wouldn't it? But, I mean, you know, family yeah. is family. Thank God that she's there for you. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, it must have been a daunting, it must have been a yeah. daunting challenge for you heading out with a new baby wondering, how am I going to cope? Yeah, 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 exactly. She's been supportive from day one, and I can't thank her enough. Love it. Great story. Hold on, there. We'll see how we do with these calls this morning, Lisa. Lovely story about your sister, Sarah. David, good morning. Neil, how are we getting on? Good, good. It's uh, it's all about the mammies. I'm seeing lots of texts about the mammies. Yeah. That's it. No, I, I just want to know. No, say um, it again, Dave. You just broke up. Go ahead. Can you hear me, Dano? Yeah, you're grand. Go ahead. Uh, no, I just want to nominate my mother, like, like I, 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 I texted in there. Um, Mam is the glue that holds the family together. She, she's always there supporting all of us. Um, myself, I, I have a 15 month old. She's always there to give a hand. Myself and the partner are working. My two brothers there, they're not the easiest to look after. So she's um, she's always taking care of them. And she's a care The two, la- the two lads there. live with disabilities, so she's got a lot yeah. going on there. But but as as the two of you go out to work, does she does she mind the baby? So she's she's a care assistant with Co Foundation for the last 20 years. But she's been out sick for the last three, so um, she she was going through a bit of a roller course there over the last few years. But she's on the main; she's getting better, so she's gone back to gone back to Mallow College. 
trying to improve her skills so she can go back to work as soon as possible. So when she's not in college on a Thursday, she takes the baba. That would be Freya, isn't it? She's like 15 months old, Freya. As if she hasn't enough to be going on with. They can be a handful, can't they, the toddlers? And it's always a smile, Neil. It's never any issue. It's never an excuse. And is Christmas a good time in the family, yeah? Happy time? She's always made it as magical as possible. Um, I, I, I don't have one bad memory. It's, it's always time when we all gather everyone has the time has the best time of the year and ah, yeah. she's always makes yeah. it and I think amazing. she'll be delighted that you're saying kind things about her this morning what's your mum's name? Lorraine 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 yeah. okay true hero superhero stay listening David we got 300 euro vouchers all this week courtesy of ourselves and Hanley's of Cork everything you need to make Christmas truly special go and check out their Christmas shop just on the Kinsale Road roundabout it's all lit up you can't miss it Nicola good morning Good morning, Neil. How are I'm you? I'm good. So we're asking people to nominate somebody to win. Who have you got in mind? Um, I was listening to your show yesterday morning, Neil, and I was saying I was just listening to Lisa's story there, and I can relate. I raised my girls on my own also, and my mom and dad are outstanding, and my dad just retired there in November. And I was saying, you know, it's nice to nominate mom and dad, and then I was thinking of my daughters, and this year it's so different for Christmas. Um, my eldest daughter just turned 18 and my twin girls turned 12. So they made confirmation. So, ne- so Rebecca turned 18 um, yeah. and uh, Abby and Chloe have just turned 12. That's correct. Okay, so, so Christmas crazy. Christmas is going to be a busy time, isn't it? Very Santa busy. Claus is going to be busy oh, as well. Okay. Santa's going to be very busy. And it's just, I think they're getting a bit older and this is the first year where it just seems a small bit like I'm the one that's so enthusiastic about Christmas and they're busy. They have things planned out and they're like, oh, mum, that's okay. Will I put up the tree? And they're thinking they love the tree going up for the toy show and everything. I just think the kind of magic has gone as small as this year. I can't cope. <laughs> it can't. Magic can't be gone with 12-year-old. Twills. You might say something about a busy 18-year-old, maybe. Although my daughter is another 10 or 11 years older than her and she's absolutely besotted by Christmas. <laughs> love Christmas. We all love Christmas here. Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. So, of of all of the bunch, there's your ma'am, there's your daughter, there's the twins. Who are you nominating? I'm nominating my daughter, Rebecca. So, would she spend it then on... Do, have you everything up? Like, you started on the decorations and the tree and I everything? Started, but I kind of um, took the, the lights down last year in a bad way and can't thank it on this year. <laughs> thank I God I'm not the right. only house that that happens in. I was last night trying to untangle, so I think it's time for new lights. <laughs> it's just not worth untangling. No. <laughs> Re- recycle with care and buy new ones is the way to go, I think. <laughs> okay, hold on there. We'll see how we go. I've got a lot of texts as well. My mum and dad, Sheila and Dennis Kelleher in Churchfield. They're amazing parents and grandparents and so good to us all year round. They love Christmas. Our dad loves his garden. He does a beautiful job in it in the summer and the winter. Be a lovely surprise for them. Do the garden up with all sorts of lovely Christmas things. My mum, Olivia O'Donoghue, is in Ballyvalan. First of all, she just put in a new kitchen, a beautiful green one. <laughs> That's interesting, isn't it? A green kitchen. A ma'am couldn't cope with the dust and the mess yesterday, so she put up the Christmas tree. It would lovely. It would be lovely to put the icing on the cake. Three hundred euro to spend at Hanley's. Another one then for my my nephew Jordan and his partner Casey. They're just starting out in life. They have a little newborn son called Jackson, born last week, and they're starting from scratch with Christmas decorations for their brand new home. They'd be thrilled to have the voucher for Jackson's first Christmas. That's a great text. 
somebody starting out in life with a small little baby. And my mum Eileen, she's a tough year. We lost her dad and then she lost her two brothers within five months. A lot of pain and heartache. She's still a character, puts on the bright side, determined to live life and have a laugh and a bit of crack. She's an inspiration to us all. And just one or two more. Marie O'Neill had a tough year, remained super mum to her two kids despite her car getting stolen and subsequently written off. Her dad dying suddenly in May. Her birthday's coming tomorrow. Uh, And if she's feeling down, it will be because it's her first birthday and Christmas without her dad. It would seriously cheer her up no end. So that's the kind of text we're getting in. Hard to pick, isn't it? You'd love to give a 300 euro voucher to every single person. We'll see how we do. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 106. Cork's Red FM. You know the drill, lads. Magic beans. Did you ever hear the likes of it? Dirty looking idiot. Magic beans. Did you ever hear the likes of it? All giveaways this side of the programme, isn't it? With the panto going on and a 300 euro voucher for Hanley's uh, gift shop. And of course, it's the Christmas uh, shop at Hanley's that have given us 300 euro to be spent every single day and they're making Christmas really, really special. Go visit yourself. There's all sorts of bargains there. I think, to be honest with you, Lisa's lovely story about her sister, Sarah, who has supported her massively in her life as a single parent since Leah was born uh, and she turns 10 this week and, of course, uh, for the last 10 years her sister has always been there for Lisa and Sarah has looked after her physically and emotionally over the years and Lisa's been able to go to work and Sarah with her own family has always been there for her. It's exactly you would, the thing you would expect a sister to do. So on that basis a 300 euro gift voucher Lisa for your sister Sarah and she can do up the home and maybe the two of you can go and buy a couple of gifts and prezzies for both your homes this side of Christmas time. So good luck with that. We'll do all of that again tomorrow. We've passed the halfway mark with regards to our GoFundMe uh, I was telling you the story of William Ross. They were on the air this morning. He was one of those that saved that woman and rescued her from her car on Kennedy Key, broke the window and managed to get the woman out of the car before it actually sank. He was with two other fishermen. But he was telling me in the conversation, he just happened, I happened to find out that his mobile phone was destroyed and we thought we'd, uh, we'd try and replace it for him. So if you can give a few, Bob, that would be great. We're well over halfway on GoFundMe and if you have a couple of bob to spare, catch of the day Cork is the GoFundMe link. I know a lot of people have a lot on, I understand that. It's a very expensive time of the year and people are a little bit GoFundMe outed, I suppose. But catch, catch of the day Cork if you can give a couple of bob. But um, I meant to do more on this yesterday because I'm very excited that it's back again for another year. And it's your opportunity to send hampers overseas to loved ones who won't be home at Christmas time. So, the last couple of minutes, let me just tell you what it's all about. Paddy Box are back on board again this year, the paddybox.com. They're connecting those around the world who won't be home. And they're sending out boxes of Irishness around the globe. And you can get onto paddybox.com yourself and design your own box of Irish goodies. But our one specifically involves Tato cheese and onion crisps, Barry's tea, Cadbury's dairy milk chocolate, Jacob's club milks, Cadbury's purple snacks, Jacob's chocolate Kimberleys, Jacob's fig rolls, Boland's custard creams. Then we have a lot of the old school sweets in there, the refreshers and the stingers and the wham bars and the drum bits the drumsticks and the chewets and the dib dabs 
Is that sherbet? I think it probably is a bag of sherbet. Macaroon bars and cola pops and love hearts. Oatfield emerald caramels. McDonald's curry sauce. Spice bag mix. Ballymaloo relish. And we're going to sort out, Claire is working on, getting Tanora into the paddy box again this year. So it's all that and lots more besides. And we're delivering them to loved ones overseas. All you got to do is to get in touch by email. If you're going to have someone overseas this Christmas, a loved one, or if you're listening overseas yourself and you would like to be considered for one of our paddy boxes this side of Christmas time, email neil at redfm.ie telling us why we should send you or why we should send your loved one a hamper this Christmas. And very importantly, in all of your email correspondence, please make sure you don't forget to give us a contact number because we need to be able to call you and chat with you about it. So that's what it's all about. And um, I won't get an opportunity this morning, but from tomorrow, I'll start reading out those emails, and then we'll start getting callers on the air and connecting people with hampers who won't be home uh, for Christmas. So that's what it's all about. You can check it out yourself if you want to send one. Thepaddybox.com. Free express next day delivery to anywhere in Ireland, and the cheapest way to send gifts abroad. And they have 180 countries worldwide to where they send the paddy box, and they got quick shipping times as well. So that's the deal. I'm delighted they're back on board again this year. We'll have a lot of fun with it. So the general idea is tell us a little bit about yourself if you're overseas or indeed if you have a son or a daughter or a loved one doesn't matter what country we'll make it happen if you're lucky enough to win one then email neil at redfm.ie and we'll start calling out those emails and stories and phone calls from tomorrow panto winner for today dear to ryan in sycamore place in toker for you we have a family pass for you and three children work it out whatever you want it's four tickets for jack and the beanstalk at cork opera house and the curtain goes up on December 2nd and runs until January 21st. All right, so we'll have more of those tickets to give away on tomorrow's programme. And tickets are available at corkoffice.ie or you can call into the box office. Covered a lot of ground this morning. Our lines will stay open. Email neil at redfm.ie for the paddy box. Text 086. Text 086 8104 for whatever may be on your mind. And we'll pick up the conversation tomorrow. Have a good day. See you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.